This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit BetterHelp.com allies, because honestly, being a human can be exhausting. Hello, and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. This week, I'm joined by Brad Ellis. Yo! Michael Damiani. Ellen Ring! <laughs> and in the booth, Isla Hink. Elden Ring, dude. Uh, so, if you're wondering where Brandon is, he is unfortunately on leave. Uh, for the time being, uh, he's taking care of his son in the hospital. If you want to get more info on that, uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash easyallies and look at uh, the Cup of Jones uh, from this week, uh, where he lays it all out and gives you the details. Uh, things are going well. It's just going to take time. Uh, so uh, send him all your love Well, he is away. Uh, we're also going to be putting a pause on the uh, Who Gamed It uh, opening bit, uh, because I don't know where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the next step in that game was, so we'll see. Uh, so we're going to discuss some big headlines from this week and some other topics. Uh, but before we do that, we must answer for the mistakes we made in the last episode. Isla, begin corrections music, please. Boop. There was no corrections music in the last episode. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, my Twitter is my Twitter's not Trailer Jones. We didn't have a singer. We're getting used to this. Sorry. Brandon has cut every episode of this podcast until now. Uh, so just like I'm having to uh, get used to this part, Isla and, and Don are having to get used to cutting it. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, in the game... Uh, I said Street Fighter 2 Turbo has 17 characters. It was actually Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. The game writer had it correct. I just left the super off ah. for some stupid reason. Uh, somebody was saying, uh, pointing out, Wii games downloaded from the Wii U shop are not really emulated because the Wii U has the Wii hardware in it, so it can just oh. natively run Wii games. Uh, Crunchyroll is not the second video streaming platform on Switch. Aside from Hulu, there's also YouTube, Twitch, Funimation, etc. Still no Netflix, even though it was on 3DS and the Wii oh, and all kinds weird. of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. weird. Um, and then uh, just a general note on corrections. Uh, if you're going to leave a correction, leave it in the YouTube comments uh, on either version. Use the word correction, and it will help too if you have a timestamp uh, for when you're making that correction. So I know what we're talking about. Sometimes there'll be a correction, and I'm like... When did we even right. say that? I don't know. <laughs> Keep it tidy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, end corrections music. Mm-hmm. All right, so last week uh, we talked about two countdowns. We talked about Street Fighter Six countdown. At the time we didn't know it was Street Fighter Six, but we also knew it was Street Fighter Six. Um, and we talked about uh, Soul Hackers countdown. Now oh. we have seen both of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben reacted to both of those live very late <laughs> Sunday night, <laughs> Monday morning. Uh, so check out uh, Ben's uh, direct reactions. Uh, but to kind of give a recap, uh, Street Fighter showed just a quick kind of like CG teaser. You see Ryu, you see Luke, you see a logo. Now people have kind of sleuthed out that the logo yeah, is just like a logo. tweak of like a stock like right. Adobe thing. Uh, but... Yeah, what do you guys... Well, first yeah, first of all, what do you guys think of Street Fighter uh, uh, and 
just reactions to I, kind of the direction. Yeah, I think it's definitely apparent that this is RE engine now. Yeah. Seems like mm. they have such a great engine, they're just going to use it in everything now, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Interesting that it's a a rapid departure, I guess, from what I'm used to from Street Fighter, but I also got that with five or four and five from a visual standpoint. Mm. It's hard for me to really judge it because I haven't seen what it looks like in game. I'm personally a fan of the more the older looking style of Street Fighter games, like the Third Strikes and Alphas, but right. that's like yeah, when they happen. really went super anime with the yeah, sprites, like that's what I really that's, like. But that's pretty cool, yeah. Hey, it it looked like impressive graphically, like the definition on Ryu, man. You see his back, dude. He looks like <laughs> Rambo or something. Yeah, they uh, they were really specific to show that toe shot to make you n- realize this is not like CG. It's this got is like at least it's now. In, at very least it's in engine, so right. you can tell this is real. Um, but yeah, the, a lot of discussion and discourse seems to be surrounding Ryu's kind of like girth, his wideness, basically. He's a wide body. It's like, wide boy now. I even saw someone make a joke like, oh, Capcom forgot that it was a, they, they 69 to 43 image. So, <laughs> so they, 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 they fixed it and like it's narrow Ryu now. And he's like, that looks better. And like, I mean, I feel like, the, as you said, the logo is something, uh, who said it recently, the best they put it, if it wasn't temporary before, it is now temporary. Right. Yeah. They can't roll with that going forward after to, it was like To outed. me, like before we, we got the revelation of the stock logos, uh, it, it felt like uh, it felt like Fight Night. Yeah. It, it felt like one of EA's Fight Night games. It Definitely felt like it fit in with vibe. that kind of vibe yeah. more than a Street Fighter vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt like a generic... Free to play online game logo that's trying to appear cooler than they have the budget for. Sure. Yeah. But this is Capcom and Capcom Fighters, and they most certainly have some sort of budget, budget and, now. Yeah. And I, I maybe I, I don't know the reasoning behind wanting to get away from like the older logos, but this, the Street Fighter part is so distinct for yeah. that logo that I feel. The very least, the SF should have just been this S and F from the old Street the Fighter old logo. Thought, it, if they yeah. want to do that at least. And maybe stick to the Roman numeral six because, yeah, that little tiny six down there wasn't really yeah. good yeah. for me. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't know that they need to stick to the Roman numerals, a... but yeah, definitely, you definitely need to bring back like the, the Street Fighter. It, it has sure, to yeah. have some kind of like, you know, extravagance to it because it looked like a mail like icon or Discord or Slack message where <laughs> I got like six like notifications. I'm like, <laughs> that's not what I think you're going for, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Looked a little amateurish, but. Um, yeah, I'm with Brad that uh, need to see more um, because they got the look distinction going for it. Mm-hmm. It's now questions about how big's the starting roster going to be. Is it going to be bigger or smaller than Street Fighter V? And then what is like kind of like the hook they're doing with it this time? Gameplay wise, yeah, yeah. And even though it's kind of more realistic in a way, like in the transitions, you do see kind of like. The color splash, yeah, a little Luke's bit of ink got effect like there. That more, yeah. He's got like a, his color scheme is more like a purple and like a yellow kind of color, I think. Something along those lines, but it looks very distinct from Ryu. Ryu's looked more like the Street Fighter 4 announcement trailer, like that black inky kind of thing they have flashing by. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporate that somehow in the game. Maybe it won't be like ultra realistic the whole time. Yeah, like yeah. of course it'll be really also reminds but... me of like when Chris Redfield bulked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have a guest cameo in the next uh, Resident Evil as well. And he's close enough, man. I don't, I don't know if you 
when you're if it's in your notes at all. That actually would be really funny. That'd be awesome. <laughs> like, even if you can get dragon like Chris, zombies, if you can get Chris Redfield you know even out. I mean, there was a rumor awesome. about Akuma being RE2 that wasn't true. So I mean, now is the time yeah. bringing like <laughs> like alt skin for Chris in RE9 that or something. Ryu so outfit. Sick, yeah. Dude, wow. <laughs> can you imagine they let you like do raging demons on like just like zombies or whatever? Dude, yeah. Nine, just like what if they let you like be like let Jill be Chun Li or something? Exactly. Like that. <laughs> That's like you beat the game instead of like a Chicago typewriter or whatever, that'd be kind of a cool weapon. You just got like, like melee moves. Oh, yeah. oh my god, that'd be so, so sick. So goofy dude. and dragon stupid. Punch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like going up to a boss and just doing that. Oh like, my it god. Like, That's clips and everything because it doesn't work. That's but such it's a still, good idea, Dominic. Like, please damn. do this, Capcom. Yeah, please. Uh, what was I was gonna say as well, Blood? I don't know if it came up in your notes or research, but uh, I was watching a. Uh, Maximilian dude streaming reactions, and I, they seem convinced because the, they saw that they think they read something on a Capcom blog that the director of Bayonetta 2 is helming this game. Mm. Apparently, oh. Capcom Ooh. brought them over, and they're the ones who are behind this one. So I'm not, I'm not sure that's what they were saying, but if that's true, I mean, that's a, quite a pedigree right there. Do you so. know if that director has any fighting game experience? Like, I don't know anything about them. Uh, no, I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Interesting. But I mean, there have been like some people swapping teams. The uh, oh, sixteen sure. was supposed around. to have gotten one of like uh, the the, the, the Devil May Cry, Cry yeah, f- like f- f- combat designer, combat designer. So everyone seems to be trading, you know, team members here to like up it up. But I do think, um, yeah, it's very important the next time they show it. Uh, we need a, a clear idea what it's like when you play this game. But, yeah, yeah. Be, it's not just an idea, but like content wise, they better have. A lot of good cards on the table because yeah, five was bare. <laughs> five had a rough it. launch. It is in a much better place now, but I don't think they could get away with that again. Right, it's not going to fly. Sh- yeah, and it makes me wonder if um, Sony's helping fund this one also, since they did oh, the yeah. five. If we'll, this will be on Xbox or anything like that, it's sort of a good point, Blood, that, that right. Brad makes because did so- they announce platforms? I'm trying to remember. No, I don't no they have announced so. platforms, but. Mm-hmm. Sony does have a, a even bigger stake now because fighting they uh, run Capcom Cup now. Right. So this could potentially be they could it could be a sign that maybe if it's not console exclusive, it's like a window of some kind, perhaps, or maybe this get like additional yeah, content like I don't a year know. earlier. Yeah, maybe something. But at the same time, we've seen all these mergers and acquisitions that have happened where people They're just like, like let let, let it be, be, let it be. Yeah. I feel Street Fighter is one of those where it's like nah. Let that that needs to be on as many platforms as possible. Yeah, for you only, fighting games, you only especially. hurt that game if it's console exclusive. Because they're competing with uh, NetherRealm, no yeah, matter what. So yeah, so, yeah, you're right. There's so many other competitors right now that I yeah. don't think they can afford that. No. They can't be hamstrung. I think it'd be like smart, that. yeah, to put it on yeah. everything. Plus, there's so many games that are finding you know that crossplay really helps them keep the community. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another big thing. I mean, you said crossplay, but like just what the net code is going to be on <laughs> yeah. Street Fighter well, Six will be pretty important that, too. That fighting game collection—I forgot what it's called. Yeah, that's was the announced. next thing. Is the the Capcom fighting collection? Yeah, that has rollback net code. Yeah, they're so adding rollback net code to all these old, old arcade games. Uh, they're adding training modes to those, which games. is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is. Everything I saw looked really cool. I, I, I think maybe one or two of those games I've ever played before. Yeah, but yeah. Just some the, of them have never come out outside of Japan. Yeah, just the way they presented it just shows that they are going a little bit above and beyond in that that that, that collection compared to maybe some of their previous Past efforts. Ones? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know that'd be pretty sweet if they do that for Resident Evil, something like that. Come yeah. on, Capcom. Kill oh me. yeah, because Huber keeps wanting to know where that collection is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
The uh, yeah, so the Capcom Fighting Collection uh, will have all five Dark Darkstalkers games, uh, Super Puzzle Fighter Two, Vampire no. Savior Two, Red Earth, and more, uh, coming June twenty fourth. Does it have um, Pocket Fighters? I think so. Um, does it have the full list here? Coming. There's uh, like Gem Fighters and then Super Gem Fighter yeah. Mini Mix Cyberbots. Cyberbots. Yeah, I don't know about Pocket Fighters. I don't see that. Okay. But yeah, I think that's the Gem Fighters is kind of the closest thing there. But there's just a ton of stuff going on with it. Coming to a lot of platforms. Yeah, that's yeah. coming to PS4, Switch, Steam, and Xbox One. So, yeah. 60 bucks. And it's like Capcom's whole thing is now PC is like the lead platform for their development. So I wonder if they're just going to try to do multi-plat across the board most of the time now. Especially with yeah. a fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. Well... How is that net code? How's that? I wonder how that's going to work with Switch, the Switch version. Supported where I mean, they supported might just, where the it's supported. They, the they might just have their own online infrastructure. That's what I was thinking. Or like Monster Hunter Rise. Was oh using yeah, right. that's right. I, was, that, yeah. I'm, I don't want to make assumptions. I'm assuming it's what you would what you're saying, but I'd be curious to see if there's anything that tripped that up at all. But yeah, same time, yeah, maybe maybe it's. Signs of improvement over there as well, but exciting, like good stuff for yeah, those great. fans of those older good ones. Good win for fighting game fans, yeah. in my opinion. And then the other countdown we talked about last week was for Soul Hackers, and they announced Soul Hackers 2. I'd never even heard of this game. Yeah, so apparently, from what Ben was saying, it was on Saturn, and then they had That's like a re release port or something on 3DS, uh, and hmm. now they're just deciding to like, That's do a, cool. a sequel. That's really cool. Um, it's coming on August 26th. The, the stream was. So funny because once the countdown ended, they were just like, it was like you taking like lightsabers out to the park with your friends. Like they were in just this plaza <laughs> in front of a shrine with a bunch of lights and people just like swinging swords and kicking and stuff at each other, but like staying like three feet apart at all times. Oh, like sure, there was yeah. never any illusion that somebody was making com- contact with somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> uh, but one of the 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 people performing. Like they had on this sweet, like yellow jacket that like actually had lights, like Whoa, these triangles cool. lighting up in different patterns, and then you know this the wig on, and then once they got through to the end of the fight, then they kind of stopped and posed, and then like Soul Hackers two appeared wow. on the ground. They like projected it down with lights, and then the gameplay trailer started running, and like the the yeah. outfit they had was the design the of the main character. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I don't know anything about this game, but it sounds cool that this is coming back after so long. Like, that's a win for fans, and like, maybe it'll get me into it. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it's it's an SMT spinoff for sure. Like a lot of the right. like familiar like, demon designs, yeah, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that are in there. Can't really tell a whole lot about the combat system, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there is. It does look like there's a set like group of party members. Do you have the platforms it was announced for? It's coming to um, a lot of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. But also Xbox. Did... It was on oh. everything except for Switch. Oh, yeah. no Switch? Wow. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's on which Xbox? Is inter- yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't look like a game where the Switch couldn't handle it. Hmm. That's but, weird, yeah. yeah. That is weird. They're just focusing on everything else. Yeah. I, it's also good because how how long do you have to wait between the mainline like mainline FCC the games, mainline the, perso- the Persona like the Persona games, games like the their two biggest ones. There's definitely room to have. Yeah, I know maybe bringing Soul Hackers back. It does well enough. Now you have like another series that could continue Help on. Fill it, yeah, and they're working know. on that fantasy game. It's like Project Fantasy oh, or something like that. We, that we heard about that like four years forever, ago. Yeah. <laughs> we got like a piece of concept art. 
mean, they yeah. definitely have their other like smaller spinoffs, but this could potentially be another like yeah. mainline cool. kind of yeah. like RPG Fill series for them. Yeah, especially not bringing about like digital devil saga or anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> any plans to bring those back? And like, I'm really surprised they haven't ported. Persona 4 Golden on other platforms. Like, it was right. Vita and PC. On they put it on yeah. PC recently, but it's like, yeah, I'm really surprised it's not... They're putting Arena Ultimax, though, on everything? It's like... Well, I think the... Cool, but why not Golden? Yeah, Golden's a little bit weird. Why it hasn't appeared anywhere else? Oh. It makes you think about... Do tell. You know, if there's any, like, licensing. No, the... That's just, it's just strange that it hasn't. Oh, you know, yeah. You yeah. have to assume it's, like, some kind of agreement or something, potentially. Mm, right. That's holding it Maybe, back. yeah. But at... Uh, one of like the popular rumors going around is that Persona Three is the next one up, getting like some kind oh, of like mm, remaster, okay. remake, uh, remaster, not a remake, but like a remaster potentially coming to PC, Steam as well, and potentially oh, okay. other platforms. I wonder what version they'll do. Then yeah, the question is like, is it a hybrid? Where I was thinking like it should FES be and like PS because the, the yeah, because you got FES and PS, and then portable one, and then the console updated one, and then the. PES is the only one that has the alternate protagonist in it as well, and other different stuff. I think you control your party members actually. In it. It's there's like people like stuff about each of the ones, so like a combination that'd potentially be, be the best of both worlds for the, like the best version. So that'd be kind of nice to see that. Mm-hmm. But man, I think yeah, yeah, there's be nice to have that, but also just makes you think of like sorry, in a tangent, it was like also just thinking about like so many like of those portable PSP PS Vita era games that like. Just keep bringing as many of those to PC as you can. <laughs> please, just, please, and those let them live again. Yeah, because <laughs> you know the recent news of like you know, 3DS and a Wii U shop shutting down. Vita, right. like yeah. PSP, have long since you know it's like love to get ports of all those. I know, games yeah. just to keep them alive. Yeah, we talked a lot about that last yeah. week, and just, yeah. it's so hard to to get those 3DS games over. Uh, yeah, the other things that really stood out to me with the trailer uh, is again like just the the atlas like menu designs and stuff mm-hmm. like that stuff just looks really great oh yeah they're all uh, and then they're, the hideout they had uh they had this one screenshot they released because i only think they released three screenshots there's one jack frost and there's another one i don't remember but the one that uh really stood out to me was like they're at the base with like this feast they're like all sitting around this huge table <laughs> on couches and there's like there's pizza and there's salads and there's like miso soup and there's like ramen and it's just like all kinds of stuff. But then you can also see like one of their their screens in the background, like one of their PCs, and it's just like I think there must be like eight different monitors. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, so it's gonna be an interesting game. I think uh, I think there's gonna be like a little bit more of a character focus, like Persona, which I sure think is yeah. Gonna, Help bring people in. Help bring people in compared to, you know, SMT5, which is a little bit more exploration and, yeah. and mechanics yeah. space. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, another thing uh, that popped up this week, uh, we got to see the PlayStation VR 2, the actual the headset. hardware design for the first time. Uh, they were showing that off. They didn't have a whole lot of other details, but they just kind of talked about what went into mm-hmm. the visual design. Uh, the ergonomic design of it. And, yeah, so we're going to pull that up on the screen here a little bit. And, yeah, so, like, what's the, some of your, your first reactions, your takeaways, uh, just impressions? It just looks like a cleaner version of the first PSVR to me. And mm. the front doesn't look as bulky. It's, right. It has a more, like, uh, round design, I guess, to actually go with the shape of the headset more instead of just, like, a weird block kind of. So hopefully it's not as heavy. Yeah, yeah, they did say that they've reduced the weight some, but it's almost felt sound like they didn't do too much. Yeah, 
they mentioned that there's like a feedback motor. That's interesting. So <laughs> rumble pack for your head. Yeah, rumble pack on your face. Um, those, those, those controllers just look sick. Yeah, yeah. they look much better looks than like, the movie controllers. Like future looks like either like you're like piloting like a mech or yeah, definitely <laughs> or something. Yeah, it just looks like the future, which is you know pretty inspiring yeah. for design to see that. Also, they're going with the the white color mm-hmm. just like to match the PS5. So. Yeah. Well, they even said that they were yeah. like they were designing the PS5 like in tandem with the VR2 in mind. Interesting. Uh, cool. Well, but yeah, so if too. you're just if you're just listening, there's four little cameras like on the front, um, and then the, yeah, the controllers um, they have like a a full like circle where like you a, basically put your hand into yeah, and then otherwise they kind of look like the uh, the Oculus Touch controllers, mm-hmm. but there's an analog stick on each side, and there's uh, L2 and R2 buttons on the triggers, and then they have uh, each side has two of the face buttons, so you have like triangle. On one side and yeah. uh, circle and X on the other. Triangle and square on one side, circle and X on the other. I saw people commenting on a feature that was announced on it. S- starts with an I, like I or D or so, some kind of slider. Hmm. Oh, it's like the the lens slider. Yeah, yeah, they do yeah, have yeah, a, yeah. People were like now, saying, yeah. like thumbs upping that a lot. Yeah, that, that was like a crucial thing they wanted in this version. So, yeah, and the uh, the back strap looks pretty good. Also, I liked the default one on the first PSVR more than like some of the other headsets I used. So, if this is just an improved version, that's pretty good right off the bat. And it looks like it's just one cable now. Yeah, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I think you can still plug in the the headphones, but I don't remember if you plug that in like further down the cable. I think there's like a little. They did say that it was on one one USB C when they announced it. It's yeah. just one USB C to the on the nice. the like the 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 adjustable headset part. You could see the headphone little spots. That's like that weird triangle symbol on it. That's where I think the headphones go, if I remember correctly, from the first one. Like oh, okay. there's gonna be like little earbuds kind of thing like that. You can. I think they sit in there and you just pull them out, if I remember correctly. Isn't it having uh, also another thing? Uh, a ventilation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. fog up, right? That's yeah, so, so cool. Yeah. You'd have to zoom in on the image, but you can actually see the vents like in the front of the headset. So yeah, so they're trying to keep the, the, the lenses fog, from fogging up. That's pretty which cool. Which is a real thing. Yeah, not that one. The uh, the other one in the the one where you see the front. It's right above the cameras, basically. There's that vent. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So I guess the obvious questions now everyone's asking is just like there's still no price, still no date, right? So, and when when are we gonna, like when are we going to hear about this next? So I don't know if you're going to ask this, but my question is for people who are enthusiastic about this, are you happy with this kind of how they're rolling out this information like this, or do you would you prefer they just kind of like came out and just had like a single kind of like announcement or One event? Thing? Like here it is, here's the price, here's the date. Like is this? Do you think this is effective what they're doing? I think that I think that this works because I th- I think it shows that they they know that this is not their their main audience, right? And so I think there's always this sort of reaction that you get with uh, a a direct or something uh, when the, they do a state of play and you're like, oh, here's the VR, VR games, and then people are just yeah. kind of like, all right, we'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and so I think rather than like blowing it all out at once, it's like. Let's get you comfortable with the hardware. Let's show you the specs. Let's, you know, now show you the design. And then, you know, once they have games to show, then they'll, you know, they'll do that separately. 
yeah, as you were saying that, literally just like hit me like, well, that's what they every piece of hardware does this, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they show the physical it thing out. off and the logo or something, and then you get like price and date at a like and, and what it mm-hmm. looks like games running on it. Which is my next question is, what do you think is like the first thing they're going to show off with this? You think you're Hopefully, it's Astro. Astro? Yeah, I like, mean, they. Yeah, yeah. I guess the first thing they did was technically Horizon, that Horizon game, but. Oh really? Yeah, they showed like I think like a screenshot at least of it. Like we mm. haven't we've seen it actually, but like someone playing it though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Like, right. yeah, like yeah. when yeah. they finally hopefully like, it's Astrobot. Bl- yeah, because like that's coming hundred percent. Yeah, I think Astrobot's an easy one to to show. Um, yeah. on screen because you're looking at a, like a character in third person. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas anything that's like more first person, it just it gets weird to watch somebody else in VR. Yeah, VR is hard to show off on like. A trailer or something like mm-hmm. that. It's hard to get the point across, but yeah, it's interesting because I feel like this time around they are actually like it feels competitive to me. Yeah, it feels like it's in step with what the other VR platforms are doing. Yes. Whereas with the first VR, like it wasn't quite like Nintendo doing Labo with cardboard, which was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it was still like we're going to use the move controllers and the PlayStation exactly. camera you already had. That's it just what felt I was attacked together. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was saying. This is like built from the ground up. Everything specifically for VR, not just weird add-ons like a Frankenstein monster. And it just looks more in line with a modern VR headset, which is nice. Like I don't expect it to be the most powerful thing, but I think it'll be pretty good right when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Sony's really uh, attached to the the numbering convention. For their their hardware iterations, right. aren't they? And honestly, it keeps it simple. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like yeah. no crazy like yeah. VR plus or yeah. whatever. Yeah, when you go to the store, you know exactly what yeah. you're asking for. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder how much this is gonna be out the box. I can't remember how much PSVR was when it came out. Uh, there was like a bundle that came with everything, but you don't right. need the camera anymore. Right. Which probably can cut down on some of the cost. And you know the the unit itself is just. You know, three ninety nine original. Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing. The unit itself now is going to be. But you needed just... the sixty dollar camera. Also. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or this thing's going to be really hard to get, or because like PS fives are still hard to get. You know, but I mean, yeah. you, you, already, this, you already said this is like a smaller, you know, audience mm-hmm. that this is for, so it'll probably be in high demand. It was kind of anyway. hard to get the first one. Yeah. 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 I think that's why people are so and now interested that, to pre-order it. <laughs> yeah, VR is even bigger. But I, yeah, I wonder though, like it, you know, the again is like how much of the the broader market versus the VR enthusiast market because it's like people that are like just into VR, they're probably you know gonna like settle down in, and keep their their Oculus or whatever. Yeah, their indexes. But uh, you know the Quest Two and that kind of thing. But this is really targeting like. The PlayStation fans. Mm. I was gonna yeah. ask. Sorry, I don't know this, but is this also gonna be able to run old PSVR games as well on it? Uh, Have they I think clarified so. that yet or no? They haven't said that I know of, but I would imagine that would be yeah. A very smart I don't thing see do. why yeah, it, it shouldn't be able to run them. Weird. Yeah, but hopefully that would be interesting if there's like anything there that just like needs a better frame rate or something if that gets a boost on higher PS5, resolution. Yeah. Like even if it's just. Astrobot, they're just like, hey, it's higher resolution now and mm-hmm. just runs better. Like, sweet. It's like, I'm down for that. I I wonder if it'll ever get RE4 VR. Yeah. That, that would be a big a big incentive for this. Would I be. Think, like. I mean, they, they, oh. can, they can make like a, 
a, vill- a village uh, VR edition. They should absolutely do that. They should have our. That's why the D- they weren't VR. thinking about DLC because they wanted to start working on a VR version. <laughs> like, oh wait, we got to make DLC too. Whoops. Oh man. Uh, upgrade those textures in Resident Evil Seven. And- oh my God! If it's yeah, a better like, uh, version of Seven, yeah. That'll yeah, I mean, be like next wave. Yeah, like eight, like or like remasters of VR games, <laughs> like 4K60 remaster or whatever. This will. Yeah. Did they give us the specs on what any of this will they, run at? Sort they of, ra- they gave specs on the earlier blog posts. Um, I can't remember all of them though. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's not. I can it, get them if you want. It's not terribly important. I was just like, yeah. I, was, yeah. I know. If, I'm assuming it's not 4K60 capable for a headset. Uh, to, uh 2000 by uh 2040 per eye. So, so basically, kind yeah. of 4K. It's yeah, it offers 4K HDR, 110 degree field of view, OLED display. That's 2000 nice. 2000 by 2040 per eye, OLED. Um, etc. Yeah, it sounds. And did you say the refresh rate too? Does it say that? 90 hertz and it, it lists 90 and 120. So oh, wow. There, yeah. Okay. okay. Well. Pretty there beefy then. So maybe those older games could get you know some nice bumps. Yeah. For this for for the VR2. Yeah, hopefully it'd be nice. There's already a pretty decent catalog on there, so there's backwards compatible. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I think that would definitely work in their favor because mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like you're going to invest probably two hundred to three hundred dollars for this. Yeah. Then to say that hey, you'll be able to, you know, have access to a couple hundred games as well, and you know, potentially some of those games could be free, kind of like how they did the uh, PS4 right collection when they you know. The PS, the PS Plus collection, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, what other first-party kind of IPs we'll see on this thing. Like, I think that's smart, actually putting Horizon IP on here or something like that. Like, I think Killzone will come back one day. I don't know if it's necessarily VR, but that could work really well. Like, FPSs are good in VR. Maybe Resistance? I doubt it, but maybe. Was that one early PSVR game, like Rigs or something like that? Do you remember? That was that? Gorilla. Was that, a mech game? that was Gorilla, yeah. yeah. Oh, and who did uh, Blood and Truth? I can't remember who did that. I but... think it might have been London. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious. I would like, I, I wonder if uh, Gran Turismo or something will get an update for it, too. I would think so, because they Cause did sport it for had sport. It. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Sounds promising, but. Mm. Still definitely got to find out the price. And it makes me more confident that it'll actually come out this year. I didn't expect to see the hardware actually so soon. Right. If it's next year or so, maybe. Maybe they're planning for this year. Yeah, I could see at E3 them like really giving it a big Doing push. Doing something, and yeah. saying, that's, okay, October 13th, here it is. Dang, yeah. The little spaceship controllers are funny because the... The circle goes around the wrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So it's like not actually like a sensor like the Oculus where you can do finger right. motions. I don't think it'll do that. Yeah. There's a spaceship from sci fi that this looks exactly like, and I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> I am curious if, if they actually do actually have anything like that going on. I wonder. But we will find out. Mm hmm. Uh, another thing we'll find out about uh, Dragon Age <laughs> got an update. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of full production, a blog post from Bioware's Gary McKay, uh, which uh, was mostly Dragon Age focused, but touched on some other things too. They, you know, gave a shout out to Old Republic team and all of that. Mm. Uh, he explained kind of like the the different phases of production, kind of like uh, just how the sausage is made, kind of thing. So they're past the concept and pre-production phases when they worked out all the 
conceptual and prototyping and all that kind of thing and got their foundations sorted out. I was like, okay, how is this game going to work? What are our systems going to be like? And so now they're building environments, they're creating characters, they're writing a story, uh, and really just like fleshing out what that game is going to be like. Uh, they, uh, three people that they noted as being leads on the team, uh, production director is uh, Mac Walters, um, who was on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. The game director is Corinne Bush, uh, who's been at EA for 15 years. Uh, the director of production development was Benoit Hull, uh, who's been on every Dragon Age title. Uh, so that's good to have that experience there. Uh, and they also touched on that uh, Mass Effect is currently in the earlier prototyping yes, they phase. they showed so. that picture or whatever a while yeah, ago. So they're, like, they're right. not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so what do you think about talking about Dragon Age you uh, know, at this point when they still I was, don't have a lot to show for it? I was kind of surprised when they showed this. I thought this game would be further along because we've known about this game for a while. Mm. A while. And then they're just like, yeah, we're still like, we still got years to go. It's like, it's great to have the honesty and have like a clear idea, a clear idea of where they're at, but it's like, ooh, this ain't going well. Like, you haven't had a string of hits in a while. I mean, Anthem died right out the gate, and Andromeda <laughs> was not good when it came out, so I hope you nail it with this one. You really need that win. Yeah, I'm very curious, because I don't have, the obviously, the experience, and I don't know if we get that much insight in a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes looks at uh, these games and these projects, but... And if this is an unfair comparison, I apologize. But when you see something like this, we've known for so long, and like they're still like we just got past like the prototyping phase. We have like our concept, we're ready to move into actual production now. And how many years it's been since we've known about this project versus something like we see this time and time again. But then we see something like even like something as vicious as Horizon. Five years later, here's a sequel, and like Dragon Age doesn't come out from like announcement to whatever in five years. It's like. If it doesn't seem more ambitious, like, well, what, what, what was what was right. the difficulty? Well, it's, that, like, so long. Well, it's mm -hmm. always curious to see, like, what it is. Is it just mm -hmm. teams are smaller, less experience, or like, what, like, it's? I'm always curious because, like, why does one game that seems like massive scale take only this many years to come out versus something like this, where this is like what, what the fourth? Or, I know it's supposedly four, but how many have there actually been? In Dragon, Dragon Age, Age games? Yeah, yeah. there's, there's, there's the fourth. Four. Yeah. Four. It's like they have those experiences for like, why is that taking so long versus Horizon? Right. So I already had only one entry, now they're on their sequel. And like, I know there's a bunch of theories, but like, I'd like to actually have an answer sometime just mm -hmm. to like, no, it's like, because you only can, only can do is speculate. And you, because you, Inquisition was what, 2015? Uh, oh, was it 2015? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Damn. It's been I, a... Uh, I just I I was curious. And yeah. I, I just looked up staff sizes for Guerrilla Studios, which is that's Horizon, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And um, Bioware. Do you want to guess how many? For each studio? Yeah. Well, they're close. They're similar. It's like three hundred and thirty. Very good. Uh, yeah, Bioware three twenty, Guerrilla three sixty. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's for the full studio? That's for the full studio, yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. So Bioware split up more. Split up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorilla's also got other projects happening. Yeah, definitely. Cursory Googling. And also the Gorilla numbers from 2021 and the Bioware's from 2019. So who knows? Oh, okay. But, but yeah. I, but also, I have to also, for me, even though I don't, I, I don't think I've ever played any of the Dragon Age games, I still understand that the series it needs to have a good showing when it finally is fully unveiled. Yep. Plus, as you pointed out, Bioware kind of needs a big win with a yeah. new entry. Like, yes, Mass Effect Trilogy, 
went over well, but like that's just taking the older games. Like you need to make a new mm-hmm. product that people are going to get excited about, and it needs to actually nail the execution. So that could be another reason why they're taking longer is because Hopefully. they're second guessing or they're being a little bit more you know tougher on themselves. Like hey, this won't fly right. this time. We need to do a better yeah. job. Because one of the things that came out of all the Anthem mess is you know that it, it sounded like the way that past Bioware games had been made. You know, there was just like they get to the end and they have this mad scramble and there's just this Bioware magic you know, yeah, that, that happens happen. while they're in the last phases of crunch and like it it didn't happen with Anthem. Yeah, you know? and yeah. like I don't know what engine they're using. I know Frostbite gave them a ton of trouble yeah, Frostbite for their not games. Been doing anyone very well. So. It sounds like it was even giving problems to the Battlefield team <laughs> yeah. for 2042. Yeah. And so, like, that's your engine, guys. What do you yeah. mean now? You're complaining about Frostbite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's concerning to me, this whole this whole thing going on, especially mm-hmm. with their track record recently. Like, to me, Bioware doesn't mean that much anymore. It doesn't mean anything special to me anymore. Like, when I played Dragon Age 1 for the first time, and it was super awesome, right. but it's like, I don't I know. think Legendary Edition was really well-received, though. But yeah. it is old games. Right. You know, it's yeah. not a new game. Yeah. It's like their past work. But, I mean, I'm hoping for the best of this game. I want it to be great. I want this studio to be good again. But, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a rough road. The one thing they did say, though, they were saying they were in the middle of production. So they didn't really give a clear, yeah, like, how long ago how long like, the be. conceptual and prototype phases were. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's still, it, in a way, it's like, okay, it's an update, but it doesn't really give you a lot of clarity for yeah. it's when they'll actually get to alpha or anything. Good, yeah. yeah, that's such a good point. Because... Internally, you know they know more. Like of you know course, they have yeah. dates and stuff, but like never share it. And it's always funny, like it's like people of those again love to be a fly on the wall and some of this to like know answers because like it's like every company. Uh, it, it was it was a small thing, but it was incredibly nice to have it confirmed uh, with Nintendo uh, Advance Wars mm. when the April eighth date went up early. Before they had said, they even told after that date went up on their website, they told investors, oh, spring. And like they kept saying spring. And it's like, well, internally, they've known about a specific <laughs> date for quite a while now. So, like, they've got all these companies, they have dates and stuff. So, it's like when they're giving you a window and stuff, it's like, you know, there's a specific reason why they're only publicly saying that versus their internal kind of like roadmaps they have. And it's always like, would be awesome to see, like, you know, why. They like sometimes say that because like are they just not confident or is it like something to do with like they don't want to like alarm yeah. investors or well, like what 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 is like the motive yeah what's fascinating to me is is the disconnect because I have a few friends who are developers whatever and like and the news recently came out talking about the cyberpunk updates where it's like right. the developers or the game developers working at the companies. Oftentimes, when they hear the release date, they're like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> like, we are nowhere near hitting that." And like, I've had friends who worked on games, and like, when they they learned the release date along with the public, and like, the the you know the employees are just like, "Huh?" So it's like, who's making that decision? It's, they're certainly not like talking right. to the people making the games always. It's crazy. That that makes me think it's like that's the higher ups. 
because yeah. they're, oh, yeah. they're making such because this you'll love you know this one very well Brad when Namora like didn't know he was directing Power, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah we're making Power State remake oh Namora's directing you're like wait what he's like what <laughs> wait a second <laughs> what's wait what, who told me like, <laughs> that's just it like it's probably like the high like whoever's in charge of all that just says like yeah um, we're in the middle of production on this game so like they, they think it's this far where development this sounds like it's actually the development team like no this is where we are and where the people are actually on the ground working on this game so that's why I like stuff like development blog posts, like any of those kind of like behind the scenes things right. that are less marketing PR, even like high level kind of speak down to you, the consumer versus like, now we're being transparent and we, we want you to know, which is, I think what Bioware needs more of in this process is just being very transparent right. and, you know, showing off their work and discussing where they are. Because as you said, they, they need to kind of build back a little bit of that trust because they kind of need to have a win with one of these new releases. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's good because like you said, they announced this game forever ago. Uh, and it's been so long since the last Dragon Age, and it's actually been quite a long time since you know even even Anthem you mm-hmm. know, uh, and Mass Effect Andromeda. So they 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 kind of need to let people know what's going on. It also sounds like uh, EA may not have a summer event this year. There's been some rumblings about that that yeah. they just might skip this summer and not try to do a, a showcase, which. Based Makes on sense. past EA showcases, Makes it's sense. probably a good call. Yeah, the only thing I could see them showing is maybe like a Star Wars game, yeah, Fallen Order, sure Jedi, but Star they Wars might Jedi, whatever. Throw that into something else. Yeah, exactly. Right? It doesn't yeah. need its own event for that. Yeah, I mean they were also pretty late last year anyway. With their their summer thing, they're towards the ends, and yeah, they're like in August or something. We yeah. always criticize them for not having stuff to show off when they do these, and it felt. Like maybe they're doing this out of obligation. So right. if they really don't have anything to show off, then yeah, don't don't, bother. don't do an event. I mean, last year was pretty much the poster child for companies pretty much just showed up just to say we were here. And like, how many of those were terrible like oh, presentations? Man. Like last E3, the, the, like Capcom, what, why'd you even bother? Scarnix, <laughs> most of it, why'd you bother? It's like Gearbox. It's like if, if like yeah, yes. it's like did the ESA like really like like put you to this because like you had to like we need to show that we're still around but it was so worthless yeah in the it was end. it was worthless and now a word from our sponsors whether it's saving more and spending less getting organized or losing weight there's a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year one on my list is learning a new language with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Not only is learning a new language fun and an engaging hobby, you can use it while you check off traveling more from your list. The whole Babbel process is addictively fun and easy. Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons for real world use. I am writing a book. <laughs> I, Brandon Jones, from These Allies Podcast, am writing a book. And there are people in this book that speak other languages. And it is fascinating because obviously it's very rewarding to go in and just kind of tackle an entire language on its own. But it's also very rewarding just to kind of get a sense of the, the, way, the way a language sounds in conversation. Because it's one thing to understand, you know, uh, how normal people should talk in a particular language, but that's always very clinical. What really helps is what's the, what's the flavor of this country? What are, what are the people speaking this language like? What are, you know, maybe some slang that they use? You know, what is it like to speak to someone when I travel to this place? There's so many different things about Babbel that do that. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, which I am currently 
relearning. I finished Spanish 3 in high school, and I'm getting back to it. French, Italian, and German, plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code ALLIES. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code ALLIES. Babbel, language for life. Relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? I need some help right now, most certainly. My name is Brandon Jones. I'm going through some emotional turmoil. No need to get into it. But, boy, I tell you, therapy has helped me a lot in what I am currently going through. Uh, I'm going through a lot of uh, uh, scary things in my family, and uh, that has made me sad and also kind of tested a lot of the relationships that I would maybe typically go to for support. Uh, No question, not only has therapy helped me, therapy has helped me really more than anything else. Therapy has given me tools so I can navigate that scary stuff, uh, and I feel all the better for it. I feel proud of myself. I feel capable. And I'm telling you, it's all because of therapy. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of the most important relationship, the one you have with yourself, just like the one Jonesy has with Jones. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for your haircut, or even trying therapy. I got a haircut this week. It felt so good. I did. I made time for my haircut, and I got a haircut. Thank you, BetterHelp. Or even trying therapy. You are your greatest asset, so invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Easy Allies listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com allies. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash allies. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2022, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switch to Mint Mobile. Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. Obviously, saving money on mobile is good. $15 a month is good. Me, personally, on the Easy Allies podcast, I'm always looking for time. I'm always looking to see how long it takes to check in with these sponsors, how easy it is to go to their websites, how easy it is to access their stuff. Not only is obviously Mint Mobile all online because it is online, because everything is handled there online only, it is very, very easy to use. I appreciate that login process. I always go to check this stuff out. And if something takes a little bit longer, that is not something that I feel comfortable saying to listeners and viewers of this podcast. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data that you never use. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash allies. That's mintmobile.com slash allies. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash allies. 
And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Uh, yeah, Square Enix uh, had some uh, financial reports come out this week. Uh, oh. MMOs, getting a lot of revenue there. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Some, some boost there. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's still 20th anniversary this year, dude. Let's go. But uh, one of the things that came out in, in almost like typical Square Enix West oh, fashion. Oh, here we go. Guardians of the Galaxy undershot their initial sales expectations for launch. <sighs> there is a little silver lining, though, because okay. they were saying um, that sales initiatives that started in November saw growth. They're going to keep pushing it and promoting the game and uh, try to make up. Uh, but, you know, obviously there are a lot of things that probably went behind this. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of people that were burned by Avengers. There are a lot of people that yeah, of were weirded out by the character designs and, and didn't feel attached to them right away. Like, I feel like you had to play the game to start getting attached to those characters. Yeah, and the debut wasn't great for the game. Right. No one was sold on it when it came out. No one was sold on this game until people played it and started talking about it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. When they talk about those you know, sales yeah. initiatives in November, well, it's... Yeah, it's not just that; it's the people started playing the game, and they're like, "This is my favorite game of the year." Yeah, and it's yeah. absolutely the Avengers, the after effect of Avengers. Like when I heard about this game, I was like, "Oh God, it's another <laughs> one," but it's like, "Oh, it's actually really good." So yeah, that had a huge effect on it. Also, this is just so mind-boggling because I feel like just a sh- few short months ago, Square Enix was praising Guardians of the Galaxy's performance. Like, there was something that came out in the last three months where they were, like, saying something about, like, their quarterly report bolstered by, like, all the things we're probably going to, like, we're going to say in that report, plus strong start of Guardians of the Galaxy. I swear they said that. So at one point, they were happy about it where it was, and now it's like, nah, actually... It's doing. It didn't hit its milestone, you, so it's you like know what? it's like what is they this? They saw Miles Morales sales, and we're like, what? We're Marvel too, though. Why are we hitting those numbers? I mean, yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's always frustrating. Is they don't really they they don't specify like yeah. what those expectations were. Exactly. So. Like I hear every like Whoa. Western Square Enix game just happens. Right. Though. They probably don't say anymore because we used to know what their expectations were for like Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, <laughs> and then we all called them crazy for having those. Like, why are you setting unrealistic expectations? Like these games sold a few million copies, but that's not good, good enough, enough apparently because right. you you went overboard with the marketing budgets. It's like, well, that's kind of your fault there but they're like no if we pump enough into marketing it should sell this much like they think it's an equation it's like mm, right maybe someone's telling you that but it doesn't always work out that way like ask that's the movie industry well it's like, like it's never consistent they complain about i think rise of the tomb raider and that was on xbox only and like right. it wasn't on playstation when it launched so it's like, what do you yeah, expect well, yeah, console exclusive for yeah. over a year or whatever it's like yeah it didn't sell as yeah. well it's like well come on like, uh, and like then, if you're expecting this to sell as much as Final Fantasy, it's like, sorry, that's not gonna happen. I, I just don't know. I, I I just don't know how well Square Enix is leveraging the, the you know their Western studios because it good. almost feels like it'd be better just to spin them off and let them have their own autonomy, and yep. they might just do better on their own rather than having to like follow Square Enix's, like, upper management's projections and, and, mm-hmm. and plans for them, because... I almost wonder if it's the opposite, though, because I feel oh, like... Maybe? I feel like there's, like, two different groups running things, and I think that's where, like, a lot of this disconnect comes from. Hmm. That, like, there's the Square Enix, you know, European and Western, you know, side of management, and they make all these decisions that don't seem to feel like they match up with what Square Enix Japan is doing... <gasps> Yeah, so I'm arguing like yeah. that they should 
be be their own thing and like swearing just like diverge of them so that the West. I just think that those those are the guys creating the problem. Oh, you think they're creating a problem? They're the ones oh, that come in I and like the disconnect inject like these a... weird you know things with like Deus Ex. Like the last Deus Ex game was like basically sabotaged by management. <laughs> Like they came in there and like had the freaking like pay for experience points and, oh, and the bad pre-order okay. things, like all this stuff yeah, that's that just like so... burned the game before it came out. And it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy, like the same team, the same writers, and and they're having to experience it all over again. Oh. But I actually almost feel like maybe like upper management is seeing like, hey, this is really good. It got a lot of good. Critic phrases, mm-hmm. you know, the soundtrack is getting awards left and right. The writing's getting awards left and right. The animation is superb, you know. So I, I think that this time around, it's almost like somebody is like looking and saying, "It's like, hey, they're actually doing good, good work stuff. over there. Yeah. We need to push it harder." Yeah, than we were. for whatever reason, I was on the person like for like Avengers specifically. That was like the Japanese side calling. We need a game as you need to make this a game as a service and. Right, the Western side of like, okay, you're making us, but that's not what it needs to be, and like, ended up being that way. So I, I don't know if that just like trickled down because you know, I, I mean, I'm not familiar enough with how much you know those two sides can clash with each other. But the reason I was like getting at potentially that might be better for them because. I mean, it might just been unique to their company was uh, IO Interactive when they were able to finally spin mm. off from them. Like, they're doing fine with Hitman 3. Yeah, and they're, right. They're, they're doing, doing just, just great. But, I mean, that's been their bread and butter has been Hitman, whereas I don't know how, like, I know. Could you imagine if they were still there and they were making some weird Marvel game? Oh, no. <laughs> no they'd be making, like, a, like a Hawkeye stealth game or something yeah, right now would be what they'd be doing. It's like, yeah, you just got to get these studios to make games that they know how to make and are good at making. Like, I don't remember, what's, do you know the team name that made Avengers? That's Crystal Dynamics, that's a Tomb Raider team. Yeah, it's like, they've never made, like, a live service multiplayer game before, and it's like, you're dumping, like, one of the biggest IPs on them in the world, yeah. and probably setting these crazy expectations, and, like, the campaign in Avengers was fun, and I had fun going through it, but it's like, the multiplayer and the live service stuff is like, I didn't care about any of that. It's like, let the teams make what they're good at making, actually. Yeah, there have been some questionable decisions. Again, this is why I keep citing, like, maybe it's some part of the higher-ups on the Japanese side, because it's not just the Western series that, like, have been effective, like, with Avengers. Babylon's Fall, mandating it need to have, like, like service yeah. in it as well. It's like, why? You, gotta, yeah. you got platinum in your pocket for a yeah. game, and you're doing this with it? Like, yeah. It's like no one wants this. You got live service games. You got like the biggest, a huge MMO making you tons of money. You got mobile games. It's like how many do you actually need? They're just yeah. They're on the live service like gravy train right now. Yeah, I think everything. I feel like they need to have some element of it in all their games, but as it's shown, like it doesn't really need to. Yeah, and like it's not a smart decision. So yeah. I don't know. I feel bad for. I do feel bad for Guardians of the Galaxy because, as yeah. you said, like was not really the develop. Like it was a good game. It was not their fault. The, like the development team did everything they could. It was just like questionable marketing leading up to its release. Word of mouth and actually media kind of salvaged that image for them uh, and turned it around a little bit. And it's like they keep. They could have turned around and still could probably capitalize on it, but like there is still a path forward with Marvel properties at Square Enix that they want. Like, right. mm-hmm. look at Guardians, what it's done right. Look at what Avengers did, did wrong, and maybe if you want to try another third one, just figure out a better t- plan of attack up front because you really botched it with with Guardians. If you can get that lead up 
to right. be solid plus a solid game. I think they have something that could be like potentially like a like a Spider-Man Miles Morales level of success, I maybe mean, not as big but more in that direction yeah, which sure. would hit these expect these crazy expectations Square Enix has for these games or these yeah. milestones. I mean, I I do wonder too cuz we talked about how bad that you know, the E3 presentation Square Enix did, you know, and and Guardians was part of that, but like that whole thing was kind of a mess. And I and I wonder if it's just one of these things where they haven't figured out how to adapt to that kind of presentation mm-hmm. and like speaking directly to players as well. Like 14's got that down. Yeah. But the rest of the company doesn't seem to. And I feel like if we had actually had a proper E3 and if everyone had gone in and the first thing that you knew about Guardians of the Galaxy was gameplay impressions and people have gotten like, you know, if we got some solid like, 45 minute demos of that game. Yeah. And then everyone would have been excited right wow. out the yeah. gate. Different narratives being yeah. set up if that it was a people. Nobody yeah. played that game but until the previews it, for like three or four weeks before yeah, the game came out. That yeah. Hurt, yeah. That hurt it for sure. Because, just, yeah, especially if the presentation would have been before. So, like, all right, not a great presentation, but like the next day, yeah, as you said, like impressions start rolling out than, rather than waiting how many months of the preview event, like, really could have helped them a lot. But yeah. as you said, like there, as you, there are like a handful, maybe not even a handful, at least one person at Square Enix who knows how to like do this correctly. But they can't be at every place every time. <laughs> They're already working on 14 and Final Fantasy 16 and other projects. Like can't have Naoki Yoshida on everything over that company. So they really, I don't know what they needed to do over there, but they have to like start grooming more of their younger talent to like take over these projects yeah. and. Something's got to be done about yeah with the like whatever trouble the Western series have been falling into like whatever's been causing that that rift or whatever they either need to figure out a plan of attack to like repair that and 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 and, and, and fix that or I don't know like may, like I just don't know why they stay part of, like it seems like like I don't know what's oil and water mm-hmm. like right. they're not they're not yeah. mixing you maybe it's better you go your separate ways uh, I don't know like there are other Western studios that maybe collaborate with. With Square Enix, but I don't know. It just feels like all these high-profile yeah. releases from them have been set up to kind of like fail, fail. But they look awesome. Like yeah. oh, like like Deus Ex. Like everyone wants like another one. Like there are people really big fans of people. Well, Tomb that was, that was like, part huge. of what they screwed up with Deus Ex. Yeah, though, because so like it was supposed to be Mankind Divided was supposed to be a bigger game. Yeah, and they're like, no, we're gonna try to milk this. We're gonna cut it up and like. Put you know, and and so then yeah. people get to the end of Mankind Divided, and it's like, that's 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 it, and and but it like set up what was going to be the rest of the game was going to be a sequel, and then like oh it didn't perform to expectations, so we're cutting all of that off, and you're switching gears. Yeah, <laughs> bad management. They're just yeah, they're just strong IPs. They 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 could easily keep going, and like it's. Someone over there is just like mishandling it. And they mean, need they need to figure it out. It took them a long time to figure out like. <laughs> adjusting the Final Fantasy IP itself with like the whole 13 going on that oh, whole yeah. area like Square Enix in that whole area was it, like that's a good point Brad. dark times <laughs> yeah that's a it's a good point I wonder if this in general like for a while now Square Enix just has like a sort of like management problems like game manager yeah, problem, yeah, like yeah. problems where these projects because you're, you're fair it's not it's not quite fair to just keep like picking on like Eidos and, and the Western studios but it's like Obviously, fifteen had a really troubled development yes. cycle as well, and that like that was like one of their 
their the the the, the flagship things that they were focusing on. They they like how long did it take for just to get their engine going or whatever? It's yeah, like, their en- even internally yeah. like the history of their engines is a whole other thing. Where like they've been you were even saying like with uh with, with uh Bioware and EA with a Frostbite, oh, yeah. it's like Square Enix has their own history <laughs> yeah. of like their developers being really frustrated. I mean, freaking Nomura wanted that warp strike thing and like the old the crystal tools couldn't handle yeah, that. So it's like it. we need a new engine for you to make your dream a reality and it's like it's not gonna run on this hardware bud but like they it, it, as you saw once they moved to like unreal, unreal engine like games start coming out and like Final Final 7 remake to start coming out and it's like i think 16's probably on that too it's, uh, just, it's on uh oh uh, luminous luminous oh, okay well or, it's like well, no, it's on the modified version of what 14 runs on you're oh okay yeah you're working with stuff you know and it's proven to work at least yeah it's it's that's a good decision yes yeah like just give epic their cut just take the cut uh, related to that, Damiani, you watched Final Fantasy XIV's 10-year plan. Yeah. So I caught that there's some stuff that they're tweaking to make it easier to solo, and I saw there's going to be some graphic updates. Pretty much the... But none of that speaks to 10-year plan to me. What is, okay, so that's so what pre- is okay, so that's pretty much the gist of it, and they wanted to make it clear at the beginning, like... This isn't probably going to be as big as you think it is. Like, people are, like, jumping to really big conclusions about, like, major changes to the game. And they're, like, it's basically going to be incremental. Because some even, like, they talked about, like, the graphical overhaul. It's not just happening at one point in time. Like, in a year now, they're, like, we're going to drop a new graphics engine. Like, they said, like, that'd be too much work. It would overwhelm the developers. Plus, like, it could crash the game and cause all kinds of things. So they're doing it pretty much piecemeal. For all these changes they're doing. It's going to be rolled out over the – they outline basically the next two years roughly of changes. Okay. And they're like this is just the first step in a bunch of steps over the next 10 years that we're going to be doing to improve the game. So these are long-term investments we're making. And I think the easiest one to understand probably for people who are going to play the game is the graphical one. Is that like they're basically going to improve all the textures and lighting in the game. For, for pretty much all area, all environments, all backgrounds, all characters, but they can't do it all at once. So they're gonna like start doing it in phases, hmm. starting with an upcoming patch. Um, and so is they, it like zones? Or is it like different layers of the environment? Or? So for like for zones, the, the easiest one to get for zones is twofold. One, they showed an indoor an, a screen a, a screenshot of an, an indoor area from one of the new regions of the game in Endwalker, and they showed its current lighting setup, and it's kind of like a little bit more flat looking with only like one real light source. Then they showed what they they've only been working on it for like about a month or a little bit more than a month, and they showed what their work has the fruits of their labor labor so far, and they show multiple lighting sources. Forces. And like it, like just adds more depth, more like atmosphere. It feels a little bit more like it just it looks better. But it's just through the power of lighting, like how much lighting can improve the visual aesthetic of your game. And they're gonna be and then like outdoor areas. Okay, well not lighting. So one of the things that's a, kind of a detriment to the game right now is like the texture work on like the grass in the ground mm. in a lot of the areas. And they showed like one of their new grass algorithms they're doing. So like individual blades of grass will now be like generated. So it looks more like lush and not these low like kind of like PS2 era looking like textures. Right, right, right. It looks more like something like like first gen PS4. The game. All, to put it mildly, it looked like a mid to high end PS3 game before, and now it looks like something that would probably be like a mid tier PS4 game is where it's at, and it's through lighting and improved textures, and 
character the, the the most stark thing was the character faces because they're like one of the big challenges is how do we update your characters your creative characters oh, right. without really radically changing the tone of them and the first yeah, thing they because, showed off because yeah. I had this this actually happened to me we were talking about Mass Effect Andromeda earlier and so when that game came out and actually I played it before it came out like the character creator like it was just awful it was so hard <laughs> to try to make something that you liked and like, and I finally got there, and I got a character that I really enjoyed, uh, but there were still weird things that they had with like the eyes and all of that. And then that was a big criticism they got. So it was one of the first things that they kind of like got around to updating. And it was weird because it's like, well, now I had a character that I liked, and now my character kind of looks mm. weird. <laughs> so yeah, I totally see. What That's what saying. they want yeah. to avoid, and they know that everyone spent a lot of players are invested in their character look, so they're going for something that's not photorealistic. They showed it first example, mm-hmm. but then they quickly put a red X over it, saying we're not going for it because it looked like a, a RE engine face, like pore. It was like a close up shot of face with pores mm-hmm. and like super detail with scars, and it's like, oh wow, that's really impressive. And they're like, no, not this. And all it really is, it's it, it's just adding more lighting, so like the faces don't look so flat. They look like dolls right now. Yeah. Now they don't look like that. There's a little bit more texture to the face. Uh, the eyes, eyes kind of right now look lifeless now they have like a little bit more gloss like a little bit more reflection in the the iris and the lens and it looks a little bit better and like the hair is just like a slightly improved texture now it's like not as like like the aliasing is cleaned up around like the like the the hairline basically on your forehead so it's like not so rigid it looks a little bit more natural and it, it, it's like it's like it looks like just a nice graphical bump in general for that um and, and again this will come out in phases. So they said, like, NPCs, even NPCs, all the NPCs in the game eventually going to get this new look. But they're like, we can't do it all at once. So please be patient with us because in a certain patch, some of the characters might be changed. Okay. But in another <laughs> zone, they might not yet. So you're going to have that little awkwardness for a little while. But over uh, leading into, like, 7.0, they want to get most of this this done and then they'll have greater ambitions down the line which they haven't talked about yet so that's like the graphical part of it pretty much um and there's as they said like we want player feedback we're going to give you examples we're going to be very transparent with you and some of these like one of them they showed was this indoor boss fight where it's got this stained glass around you and light comes in and like all they did is add like a bunch of red light sources to show how dynamic the lighting can change it but it completely changes the atmosphere of the fight because it felt like a dark room with this like lights coming only through like the the stained glass on the edges and, and I, they noticed a lot of comments like wow that kind of changes the tone of fight and they're like well that's not the finished product we just wanted to show mm. you how dynamic we can get Got so it. they want to have that two way conversation to make sure that's important. players are happy but they also reiterated Brad that they uh like we've been making this game for 10 years and we've been very open with the community we like to believe we understand what you guys want which yeah. is what they did with the character faces judging by the reactions from the the player base we were reaffirmed that we were going in the right direction with this yeah i think they are going the right direction mm-hmm. i think it's smart to slowly roll these things out over time instead of one giant thing and yeah just being super honest about it is everyone loves that and yeah, your people are much more understanding if you're completely honest with them even if they don't agree with you or they get upset they at least understand where you're coming from. So, yes, this is Square Enix doing it correctly. 
the other part of it, blood we mentioned was the 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 trust or the solo experience for the yeah. game. This has been like a big point of contention, mm-hmm. and essentially, it's also going to be done piecemeal as well, starting with the earliest content and working to the more well. Everything through Shadow Shadowbringers onward has already been handled with this, but through Stormblood, the third expansion, uh, second expansion, but third of the things they're doing, a Realm Reborn, Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, the three they're going to be doing this for. Uh, all of the main story dungeons, which are four-person dungeons, will have the trust system added to it eventually. So they're going to start with a Realm Reborn. That way you can do any of the required dungeons with NPCs, essentially, mm-hmm. like the trust. And uh, by seven, by the next expansion, all of those should be handled. Uh, there's also four-player trials, which kind of like boss fights. There's only a few of them. Okay, you'll be able to do those as well with huh. NPCs uh, uh, instead of other players if you prefer. And then the biggest one was at the end of a Realm Reborn. There are these three eight-person instances that you have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of them is kind of sad that it'll be interesting to change. The other two are kind of a, like a nightmare to put it nicely because they they have all these special requirements. Like you can't skip the cutscenes. They're oh, they're a pain in the butt. The, the final elevator one. The what's... final two dungeons yeah. of the game. Uh, they're going to be reworked. The final two dungeons are becoming four-person dungeons instead of eight. Which means because they're four, you can do them with Trust. NPCs as well. Oh, okay, and then got it, one got of the it. final fights, two of the final fights are eight-person fights. They're going to be reworked as solo instances because they're kind of a pushover right now. Yeah, they are because it's so old and everything's been nerfed into the ground that they're kind of a meme. It's at like this a formality. Point. One of them is through. one of them is called Cape Westwind, and it's a joke right now with the surge of new players <laughs> to throw down all these markers and make it look like it's a super hard fight before you begin the fight and you scare the crap out of newbies. And thirty seconds later, the boss is insta dead because it does nothing and you're like players will be like oh my god you scared the heck out of me yeah. i was like uh, <laughs> they're changing it to be a solo instance and that way they can make it more of a cinematic i imagine a more cinematic fight with a little bit more involvement um and make it a bit of more a spectacle because now like even if you're a new player doing it with other new players it's such a pushover and it like it's lost its oomph hmm. so they're they're doing they're going back and reevaluating yeah. old content um, to update it essentially, and this is on top of like a year ago, over a year ago, when they already kind of further streamlined yeah, the realm of born up stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is something they're going to be doing more and more of over the next ten years is reevaluating old content and how to further improve it or streamline it or change it yeah. to make the experience a little bit better for well, new players. I think a lot of this is good too because you know a lot of this is required story stuff, and yes. the older this stuff becomes, maybe you're going to have more trouble finding actual players to do it with. So like I don't I always like feared at this point of if I caught was catching up in this game and there's a story thing I have to do that requires other players and I'd have to wait an hour or something like that just to try to find right. someone to do with but if this helps alleviate that I think that's great. Yeah. I mean there's also people who just this is just the they're very smart because they're picking they keep labeling as main scenario content. Yes. Which is story content. Story, yeah. And they understand they've said like there's a, a significant amount of Final Fantasy fans, they're Square Enix, they make the game, they know their market. They're like that really don't want to play an MMO or play with other players in a Final Fantasy game, but they keep hearing how good the story is. Right. So how do we alleviate that? And this is a step. Like all the required content to enjoy the story no longer requires yeah. you to actually pair up with other Human characters. Because yeah, the yeah. idea of an MMO scares a lot of players off. Like you said, like, and it's like these are such great Final Fantasy things. It's a shame yeah. if someone doesn't play it because it's an MMO. Yeah. Now, last thing, blood about this is uh, there is some eight-player content uh, starting with the uh, 
post patches after Realm Reborn, some of the boss fights require eight people and they are required story content. Um, that's something they're going to be trying to tackle in the next phase. So once the launch of the next expansion happens, that's a project they want to start in the next expansion. Because while they pointed out in Endwalker, they had an eight-person mm -hmm. NPC trial you can do. And it, I thought it worked out brilliantly. Yeah, I think awesome. They said that took a lot of resources and time to get that AI down correctly for seven other NPC characters to play mm -hmm. real-time mechanics correctly and not like frustrate you. And there's a bunch of those that exist right now in older content, so they w they want to do it. They're just like, we need a little bit more time yeah. to do that. It's not happening just yet, mm. but they would like to work that out because it is required content. But I mean, it also could be they rework them to be four-person content as well to make it a little bit easier. So sure, yeah. that's what they mean by 10 years, is there's a stuff right now that they've identified that they could do within the next two years. There's stuff they've identified that are going to be year three and beyond. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Is all this stuff being received pretty well, or is there like a lot of pushback on anything? So or? far, it seems received pretty well because they're they're saying like nothing's like final yet, mm -hmm. and and at least for like the graphical stuff. So people are keeping their minds pretty open, and they just want to see where it goes from here. The solo stuff, I think, no one objects to, and so a lot of these changes are definitely for the better, and have been people have been asking for these for a long time. Cool. Um, so that's really good. And then they, they, they even give a roadmap. They specifically point out which patches going through this current expansion these updates will happen in, as well as, like, on top of new content they're adding to the game. That was, like, the last thing they did, is they want to talk about, like, new content being added in patches on top of, like, the usual content. Because the last big complaint about the game is, they, with this big budget, supposedly, why are they, like... Sometimes it feels like they're not adding as much content as they used to in the past. And right. they kind of mm. showed the next few patches. And it's like, oh, here's all the usual stuff. And then there's like this big stuff. Like there's a one of the big ones is a new type of dungeon called Criterion Dungeons that they're introducing, hmm. which can be played with anywhere solo to up to four people. And it's a variable difficulty dungeon based on how many people you go in with them. Oh, and okay. it rewards will vary based on that as well. And they're going to start with like one in an upcoming patch and they're going to plan to add more of those. So rather than adding two normal dungeons each patch, you'll get like the story dungeon and then one of these Criterion Ooh, Dungeons potentially. That's because it's more of a challenge that, yeah. that that yeah. is optional content. No, I, I think that's a good way of, of you know, like actually encouraging people to, to go in. You know, it's like, okay, it's like you want to check it out. You can solo or whatever, but then it's like, yeah. okay, we've got more going uh, on if you actually want to take yeah, it people on with other comparing people. comparing it to like maybe like mythic I was about stuff. to say, yeah. I wonder if this is their kind of yeah. thing for instead of a mythic dungeon. This is what people are anticipating because okay. it's not deep dungeon like the Palace of the right. Dead because they even said there's a new one of those coming. Oh uh, my God. And like a... Uh, one that of the next cool. few patches, but uh, the one big last final change is that the patch cycle, it's always been a fixed amount of time, about every three and a half months after each expansion, a new patch comes out. This is going to be changing the four months going forward. The, the reason is they want one additional week for extra QA so that they never feel rushed anymore. The other week is for added vacation time so that they could take some time off so the staff that's aren't good. overworked, yeah, which is a good. yeah, yeah which is, is really, nice. really, really good to, good to hear <laughs> that because I think a lot of people are concerned with this cycle that they might experience burnout. Yeah, because they don't put out patches. Like like public test realms, they don't have any no, of that. It's no. all internal. It's all internal to do that. 
So, yeah, free trial just resumed uh, earlier right. this, on Tuesday. So the games are being sold, so everything's back. You can buy it again, yeah. Yeah, they got data center expansions coming up in the summer through the end of like middle of next year to increase that. Um, yeah, the, and the next patch they said is coming out in April. So 6.1 comes out in April. So seems like they are full steam ahead. And yeah. uh, a lot of these changes sound exciting. And, you got you know. time to play Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they know. They knew. Yeah, they knew. Right? They're giving you over a month to play Elden Ring. They're like, enjoy your Elden Ring. Yeah. And then, uh, they uh, dude, Elden Ring collaboration. Oh, my Let's God. Let's do that. Like, I want a dungeon where it's yeah. like you can't fight. It's like traps only or something. Oh, my God. That is so good. <laughs> and invasions. Like PvP <laughs> dungeons. Oh yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Dude, Damiani and Brad, I, I, I jumped into Lost Ark, you know, played it for, yeah. like, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Played it for like two hours, maybe, whatever, just prologue stuff. And, like, I was enjoying the combat. I was playing as an assassin death blade or whatever the hell. Uh, but, like, the whole time, you know what I was just thinking? With, like, the chintzy writing and, like, ridiculous quest structures and stuff, I'm like, why am I doing that? I could be playing 14. Like, <laughs> I should just be playing 14. Yeah, right. sure. Also this week, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has earned over $1 billion Insane. in revenue. Insane. First Archival Ubisoft voice. game to crack a billion. How many... DLCs of it. There's been a lot of DLCs already for that game, right? Yeah, they've done a few. They've got one that's like I can at least think either of like just two. came out or is about to come out. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, according to Jeff Grubb, the words New Vegas 2 have been spoken internally at Microsoft <laughs> with Obsidian attached. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. It, oh it's so funny because that's it's like, like yeah, we talk like, about how early Dragon doesn't mean anything. Talk, yeah. but oh my gosh. <laughs> Somebody like, in the hallway mentioned this. Yeah, it could happen. I think that'd be a good idea. People (laughs) love that game. Uh, Just uh, this week, uh, Nintendo fully acquired SRD. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't know about these guys at all. Longtime partner, going as far back as uh, Donkey Kong and Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Even have an office inside Nintendo's building. Uh, And recently, they've had hands in Game Builder Garage, One Two Switch, Ring Fit Adventure. Crazy. Just something you want to. Pop in there? No, just that. Yeah, they're like a just been a support team that's worked worked on. I feel like every single game, like this. This is what we talk about whenever we talk about Nintendo acquisitions. Yeah, like it's small scale. Someone who's probably been working for them forever, and they just one day like yeah, just bring just them in, bring them in. Like yeah, something just someone just decides because yeah, like they don't work. own HAL or intelligence systems yet, right? But yeah, they might might as well. That's like, who they might, might well. Well. Yeah, like not no, Capcom. Like five years from now, it's like oh, they finally bought intelligence systems outright. It's like okay, that then mm. sure, yeah, nothing changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah, they also I don't know if I mentioned it. Ring Fit Adventure is another one that they work. That's on. the most recent oh. game, right? Wow. I think yeah. Uh, Near Automata is getting an anime adaptation by Aniplex. Okay, Aniplex Sony. <laughs> Could be good. Uh, Bethesda is dumping its launcher. Good uh, idea. Most game saves can be transferred to Steam except for like one of the Wolfenstein games uh, for some okay. reason. That's good. Uh, and Ben Moore is very happy about that. I mean, I'm happy about that. I love it. Fury launchers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bloomberg reported uh, that uh, the Call of Duty game currently scheduled for 2023 is going to get pushed back to 2024, which would break the Call of Duty streak of having a game out every year. Interesting. I wonder if they'll replace it with something. Well, yeah, so apparently Treyarch's working on some free-to-play title separate from Warzone. Oh, okay. Um, But Hmm. it didn't necessarily confirm that that's a Call of Duty game. I can't imagine that it wouldn't be, but... If it makes the game better, smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there have been people talking about, like, this is unsustainable to keep doing, and, and Vanguard has not been doing well, so... Yeah, 
It's doing well overall, but compared to what compared they expected. To, yeah, yes. compared. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Underperforming. <laughs> uh, Epic is offering uh, hundreds of temp workers, mostly in QA, uh, full positions with benefits. Hey, that's awesome. So, that's right on. Yeah. There's uh, more details to learn there. It's just a, like a letter, internal letter that got leaked out. It's a feel-good announcement. Um, and then in an IGN interview... Kiki Wolf Kill confirms we will see Master Chief's face in the Halo TV show. Oh boy! No, <laughs> it's gonna be like Kakashi, where it's just another mask yeah. under it. <laughs> <laughs> what if they cover up Cortana's face so that we never see? Yeah. Her in the show? Right. No, they've shown her face already, though. Yeah. No, I know, but that's why we don't see it in the show. Oh, but we saw it in the it's game. It's in the promo materials. They, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That would be really funny to put something in those promo materials that yeah. never happens. That's not the show. Yeah. Yeah. We should do bets before the show about who's the actor who's going to betray we'll the play face. Play Master Chief. Yes. Yes. Tom well, Cruise. Well, even if it's the voice, like who will be the face? Timothy Oliphant. Because <laughs> I know in The Mandalorian it was the same actor who did yeah. the face, but maybe they do something different this time. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. William James Defoe. Earl Jones. Yeah, does like the Vader. Voice. Vader. Yeah, yeah, Vader is a big William one. William yeah. Defoe, dude. <laughs> William Defoe would be great. Those damn covenant. <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to be a wiki <laughs> on a halo? Uh, let's play a game. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Blood <laughs> moves. Uh, from Alex McMillan. Uh, it's a long way to return of that's not a port. Oh. This uh, We played this four years ago, oh, apparently. Oh, damn. Uh, and in those four years, we've seen a lot of new games uh, and a lot of new consoles, meaning there's a lot of new ports to pick from. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to read out a game and work through a list of video game platforms that game is available on. I've actually shuffled these up a lot because at first it was there was kind of like a pre- more predictable order. Okay. Um, and uh, so uh, if I read... Okay, if I read a platform which the game is not available on, you say, that's not a port. Okay. Okay. And um, everyone can only say that once per round. Okay. 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 So you, you don't get a second chance. So okay. no, no jumping in, Isla. <laughs> I, I, I have to jump in. You tend in. to jump in multiple times, though. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like you, you pick, you pick your time to jump. I don't play by your rules, <laughs> <laughs> Um Also, I... Can look at the rundown. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> no yeah, cheat. that's yeah. I won't cheat. <laughs> um, anyways, so so yeah, so everyone says no, that's not a port, and if nobody guesses correctly, I get a point. I didn't even write down oh, my own okay. name here. So that's from Alex McMillan in Northern Ireland, and the first one is Portal Two, Nintendo Switch. It's forthcoming. That's true. Yeah. But does that count? I think it counts. Okay. It's been announced, but yeah. it's not yet. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. Uh, PlayStation 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the first one's on there. Yeah, yeah it is. That's uh, when Game New came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. That's. Oh, God. I, he'd be so into like Linux stuff. I don't know yet. <laughs> Do we have to do it as it comes up, or can we hear them all and then say which one? No, you have to do it as they come up. <sighs> uh, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, next. I'll do it for this. Okay, okay, That's you. not a port. Okay. So I'll Brad, just, Brad a got shot. a point. First point. Oh, was that was right. the easy one. Easy. Missed. Original oh. or remake. Okay. Okay. So now I, I would better get this, yeah. Mac OS. Yeah, definitely. Atari Jaguar CD. Oof. That's not a port. 
I'm going to say. I think it might have come out on that, actually. It might have. I don't know anything about Mist. It did. Wow, dude. I wonder how many it sold. Virtual Boy. Um, well, that's yeah, not a port. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to think a second. Yeah. I was like, it was wait, also, what? <laughs> It was also on Oculus Quest. Yep. Xbox Series X and S. Yeah, I have and, it on both of those. And Switch. <laughs> I, I have it on every single one of those platforms except for Jaguar. <laughs> uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, no. Linux. Ooh, probably. Is it an unofficial account? I'm going to wait. Yeah, I'm not gonna Game dot com. I'm gonna believe it. <laughs> I believe it. PlayStation Vita. That's not that's a port. Not a port. It is. Dang oh. it! Was it? Ah. Nintendo sixty four. Oh, did it have one? Yes, yes it, it did. did. Yeah, there was a dude. Yes, it did. Leapfrog Leapster. The hell that's is not a port. <laughs> <laughs> that's for children. Oh come on! It also came out on the Xbox three sixty. Uh, the Sims 2, Mac OS. Yeah. GameCube. Sims 2? Mm-hmm. Uh, GameCube. Shoot. The Sims 2. Uh, I'm staying out. <laughs> I feel like the timetable is right, but I don't know if it was on. That's not a port? No, it was. It Damn was on GameCube. It. I actually have the GameCube copy, I think. Ooh, wow. It was fancy blood. Um, that's how I played The Sims. I never played the PC. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have reviewed it. Wow, something like that. I might have reviewed like the weird like animal expansion, which they released as like a full game on GameCube. Something weird like that. Uh, Java Micro Edition. What the? Uh, that's not a port. No, it is. Oh, it's on there. Damn it. <laughs> Whatever the heck it is. Some kind of web applet or something. <laughs> uh, Nintendo DS. I'm not allowed to jump in again. No, yeah. it goes I mean, DS was after, so I could see it possibly being on there. Take a stance, Damiani. <laughs> Take a stance, Damiani. Take a stance. Is there another, is the next there's one? More, there's more. Okay, there's more. Okay, there's more. Game Boy Advance. There was def- it was definitely on that, right? I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I'm holding on. I'm not letting it ride. PlayStation 3. If it was on GameCube, it had to be. But PlayStation is later, so it might not yeah. have ever gotten a port on that one. That's the, the thing. Yeah. But backwards compatibility would backwards compatibility count? No, it has to be released on. Damn it! Uh, that's not a port. Yeah. There it is. It was oh. not on PlayStation Three. Oh. Too hard to develop. He sniffed it. For the <laughs> yeah, it wasn't worth the effort. Yeah, the, well, they always move on, right? Like right. once they're done. Yeah, it's like this yeah. one. I feel like is we got to get if they go further along, it's not going to be on. Because three came out not. I guess I don't know how long it came after. Minecraft Story Mode. Oh, <laughs> story mode. <laughs> this is the Telltale one. Yeah. Xbox oh. One. Yeah. Right? Nintendo Switch. Yeah. It was on Switch. It was in a direct. Fire OS. The hell? Like Kindle Fire? No, it's like the fire stick the little thing. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, I'm going to say it's on that. I'm waiting. I bet so. it is. I bet it is. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stadia. Oh, probably. That's oh, not a port. Oh, that's not a port. I got it. Yeah. No, Dominani said first. Oh, did you? Yeah, he said <laughs> yeah. first. Okay. It is also. I don't trust Stadia. Yeah, it is also <laughs> on Wii U, iOS, Apple TV, and Netflix. 
Yeah, you Netflix. can play it on Netflix. Wow. Dude, Netflix platform. <laughs> so pissed about that. <laughs> uh, the original 1996 version of Tomb Raider. Yo. Okay. What? PlayStation 1. Yes. We all know. That's what most of us played. That's what I played it on. Sega Saturn, though. Ooh. Oh. Tough one. Man, I'm going to say it's Saturn on there. Saturn I had like so. so many weird ports. The N-Gage. Oh, oh, there were commercials really for that. Funny. Yeah, I swear I saw. I'm going to say it's on there. It is. Thank goodness. <laughs> Pocket PC. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, what is that? Shoot. Uh, I'll just say it. that's not a port. I'll throw it out there. No, it's on there. Damn it! Weird. That thing is weird. <laughs> Gizmondo. Excuse me. The what now? The Gizmondo. <laughs> oh, of course. Sure. That seems so random. It has to be real. iOS. Oh. Hang on. The original? Original Tomb Raider. 1996 Tomb Raider. There's Go, but the original? That's not a port. It's on there. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my point. It was Gizmondo. It's not on Gizmondo. <laughs> you win again, Gizmondo. Uh, so Damiana and Isla, you tied with Yay. Yay. Gizmondo. Oh, I forgot my uh, I forgot my Rufus. I thought okay. I was so well about grabbing all the stuff. Gizmondo looks like a little like can you, it's like the size of a Tamagotchi. Like, can you throw it up? Oh. Oh. It's whoa. like a weird little okay. like, freaky looking. That looks like it would be on that. <laughs> Oh, look at the, sh- the shoulder buttons. Yeah. It's got like big, weird, chunky shoulder buttons, dude. Gizmondo. <laughs> Wait, scroll up. What was it? It said the former the former Gizmondo store in London. Oh, <laughs> must be nice. Must was have nice. Been, must have been nice. <laughs> must have been nice. <laughs> for a year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for love and respect. Love and respect. From L-E-L. Hey, allies. Uh, First, I want to thank you for now saying the score of games at the end of your reviews out loud. This allows me to listen without seeing something I might consider a spoiler, the latest being Elden Ring. You're welcome. There's written text also. Yeah, there's there's text on the website. Yeah. Uh, Which brings to my question, with Elden Ring being open world, how did you decide what was safe to show and what was not? In more linear titles, I imagine it's much simpler, and, and uh, you don't show anything just nearing the end of the game. Uh, but with the freedom of going and exploring anywhere you want, how do you decide what was safe to show and what was A couple wasn't? things. There's stuff, first of all, it's early in the game, and I don't want to show stuff that far in the game because I know what it's like to play these games for the first time, and I want to keep those surprises there. There's some surprises early on that I did not want to show that I was like, these should be experienced by players for the first time. Another thing is me... I asked Blood, and Blood emailed them to see what we should show in this review footage, because we don't want to show anything we're not supposed to, so we got a a clear idea, but it looks like a lot of people showed a lot more. I've seen some stuff in some reviews where I was like, woo, I wouldn't have showed that. <laughs> there was one update later, too, to where it was like, hey, uh, there's this one boss, actually don't, don't show. show that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Originally, it wasn't in the first yeah, restrictions. I wanted to keep it pretty, like, I wanted it to pretty be mostly what was shown in the network test, like people have seen yeah. already. There was a little more that wasn't in the network text, obviously, but yeah. I well, and Isla had that big preview too. Well, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. That's what I, I was kept, gonna say. It was like, all kept in that pretty much. Yeah, they 
I'm surprised they didn't tell you for the review, but for the um, for the preview, they actually said you can show it. You can talk about and sh- they gave us B-roll for that preview, but they were like, you can talk about anything in this area, this area, and this area, and they actually told me the names of the map areas. I figured they did that for the review too. And as I was cutting Elden Ring, I was keeping in mind like. Because I'm always very, very sensitive about showing bosses, especially for mm-hmm. stuff like this. And I'm like, okay, that guy was in the trailer. That guy was in the trailer. This guy's minor enough that it won't matter. You know, that kind exactly. of stuff. Yep. So it's pretty much talking about it. I just want to show I want to show enough to get the point across, but as early as possible if we can do it. Yeah. Almost always the company will also say, like, don't show anything yeah, after they usually chapter do 12 or whatever. You, yeah. 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 But sometimes, like, it'll just, like, literally just be like, don't show the last boss and the last cutscene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is open. This is a little bit more in the middle, I think. They, they give you a big chunk, but then mm-hmm. don't go past this. They For Elden Ring Preview, they were like, you can talk about this character, don't say their name. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Hmm. It wasn't a spoiler that I recognized, so yeah. don't don't try to, you know, divine a spoiler out of what I just said, because I didn't know what they were talking about. And you stayed away from most of the story details this time. Yeah. We usually get into the story yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, bit, like, but... I, didn't, I didn't really feel like it was necessary for the review to kind of yeah. talk about it, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things that you just got to feel it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and if, if you're wondering, this, this Love and Respect is the Elden Ring edition. As Ben <laughs> is playing right now, most yeah. of these questions are Elden Ring related. Um, highly Anticipated asks, with the uh, embargo for Elden Ring now lifted, it's clear to me that the harmony of two visionaries who are almost opposite but not entirely Miyazaki and Martin has paid off big I'm curious to know what the fel- the panel uh, would want from two of their own favorite creators one from the video game industry and one from another medium is preferred but even two game creators is alright uh, I'm sure this has been asked before but a good refresher is always nice a real life example would be uh, like Nintendo and Ghibli creating a turn based Zelda RPG uh, or Star Wars authors teaming up with Bioware for Mass Effect. Oh, so it can be companies. It doesn't have to be people. Because I yeah. was like, Miyazaki's already my guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some other some other team ups that you might might think. Also, like, yeah, how much of that that Martin influence do you guys see? Is it just very in the a background? A little, a little, a little. Like, to me, it's like to really see everything. I don't have to play this game several times, but I get like brief hints mm-hmm. of stuff like that, but not as like. Not as, like, maybe expected as you would think. Right. Like, obviously, he helped with the mythos of the world and all that stuff, but I don't think he, like, wrote, like, dialogue necessarily or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I but was like, expecting yeah. a lot more, like, I don't know, thirst? And I'm <laughs> yeah. happy that there wasn't much, you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously, the one that everyone says is from Software and Konami with Castlevania. Oh, Like, that would yeah. be, you know? Yeah. Like, I wanted... These are two game ones, so it's cheating. I wanted Miyazaki and Fumito Ueda to do something, especially since Ico was what inspired Miyazaki to get into gaming. So I think that they'd make something crazy. Yeah. It could be challenging with two visionaries like that or whatever, but I think it'd be cool to see them do something. Hmm. Yeah, mine's always been like Ghibli and some collaboration, but obviously it was meant. Um, but it'd be kind of cool to see. So like... Uh, Kind of ch- channeling a little bit Huber here oh, yeah. for for like horror games, like mm. collaborations. Uh, that seems like one of the the more modern contemporary masters of like horror, a certain type of horror. Uh, Jordan Peele, oh, get yeah. him to work on like oh, oh, one of the those horror franchises for oh, you, sure. and uh, have his take on it would be kind of sick. Like maybe like. Uh, 
don't know, like <laughs> if Konami would allow him to like write Silent Hill or something, make his version of Dang. it. <laughs> How, I was, yeah. I was trying to think of people who do like great FMV stuff, and so I was thinking Remedy. Mm-hmm. And, oh sure. And yeah. like Denis Villeneuve, like no. they would be a match made in heaven, baby. And then like. Sam Barlow, like her story with like Ryan Johnson doing like a Knives Out style thing yeah. would be kind of fun. Like a mystery like that would be cool. Yeah. This is fun. To think yeah, what do you about. think about Blood? Well, it, it reminds me of, uh, do you remember Spielberg did Boom Blocks? I do ah, remember yes. that. Yes. Thing? Yeah, I do remember that. I love it. Everyone wanted that photo op of him playing the Gimber. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> But yeah, that, that being with EA. Uh, yeah, I don't have a, a good one off the top of my head other than just the, you know, that that, that Silent Hills we didn't get. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Guillermo, Guillermo and anybody? Yes. Yeah. Guillermo and anybody. Yeah. Well, Guillermo and any kind of, like, yeah, horror, psychological craziness. Yeah. yeah. Kojima and Guillermo is such a match made in heaven, I think. They're both... They're both different kinds of weird, but, like, yeah. a compatible kind of weird. Compatible kind of weird. Yeah. Bring him up again, but possible. William Dafoe and Kojima. Yeah, he could easily be in. He's been in games before. Yes. He could easily be in a yeah. Kojima one. I yes. guarantee that they've talked on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> or Kojima's tried it. I bet he's tried it. He's like, I watched the lighthouse. I watched. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or the uh. Yeah, it'd be cool to see. Uh, the Mandalorian crew actually get involved in one of those yeah. respawn Star oh, Wars yeah. games. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, Dave Filoni on there. Yeah, get Dave Filoni in there. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, From Alex Castellanos, um, questioning whether reviews should be considered as such, even if the game hasn't yet been beaten. This is a topic that's been going around a lot this week. Uh, What are your thoughts on people acknowledging that their Elden Ring review was an incomplete playthrough of the game, since the reviewer didn't have the time slash opportunity to finish, but still issued a review score? Does not seeing the end game boss disqualify a review from issue? Reviewer from issuing a final verdict. Uh, should these be labeled as review so far or review in progress? Hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of like okay with it, I guess, as long as they say they've done it. Like personally, I, like I wouldn't put out my review for this game if I didn't right. finish it because I, I would. Just, I want that whole perspective on it, but I don't know. It, it doesn't really bother me that much, I guess, because there's so many reviews out there. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Transparency helps a lot. Um, you need to keep in mind a review is literally one person's take of a game at a point in time. People also write reviews with different intentions. Some people write it as like a consumer guide for whether or not it should be a purchase right. or rent, buy, whatever, how you want to judge that. Some people, so there's a lot of movie reviewers, they write it like it's a form of like their, even their review is meant to be kind of like a work in itself where like they're judging a work of art. So they're judging it on solely on quality. They don't care if you ever go see it or not. They're just like telling you how good this is for the discussion of like kind of like legacy type stuff. Um, I think all these are valid because, as again, it's just one person's like perspective on the game. Um, and if you really want to get into the numbers game, not review score numbers, but just like statistics, overwhelmingly majority of people don't finish the games they ever play that right. they buy. So they, a lot of people who might look at a review, do not care if you beat the boss because they're not going to see it either. They're generally just looking like I just want to know if this like 
any good or not. And like, I want to know if a lot of people are saying if this game is good or not. So if you played like a significant portion of the game, but you didn't beat it, but you say like, man, this what I played was really awesome. To a lot of people, that's good enough for them. Like, oh, I'm gonna go out and try this game. I'm gonna play it for x amount of hours and like if you feel you got your values worth or you enjoyed it that's enough for you even if you didn't finish the game like some i'm not saying everyone does this but sometimes it feels like there needs to be a validation of opinion by proving your gamer card or whatever because like you beat a game or you beat it on this difficulty or you did this amount of hours into it and it's like it almost feels like gatekeeping creeping into reviews. There's nothing wrong with saying that I did. Yeah, I beat the game. I played on the hardest difficulty mm-hmm. for the sake of. I just want you to have my perspective. But if anyone's ever trying to say like that opinion is more worthwhile than someone else's review, it's like they're both subjective. Like it, you might find it more worthwhile, but this other person might not. Like it not be, might be not be as worthwhile to them. Yeah. Like you just you just gotta know your preferences and find other people that kind of speak to those. And that's generally like a good like advice in general. Just right. like, but when you see something like see, I, I think this is maybe one of the reasons that there's a little bit of questioning and there's mm-hmm. a pushback is, you know, Elden Ring right now, he's got like one of the highest percentages of ten out of tens. But you didn't get that game that far in advance, right? You, like you barely scraped through yeah, to get that I review was, done. I, yeah, I messaged Blood. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this in time, but yeah. luckily, and I you did. put 55 hours in, yeah, at, like very short amount of time. And some people, you know, put in more time than that and hadn't actually finished it, mm-hmm. but just kind of like put that out there. But it is that question is like, okay, well. If you're giving it a ten out of ten, but it's you haven't seen every, you know, yeah. you haven't seen, you know, not even At least seen everything, like, but yeah, not like yeah. the full main story. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's tricky. Yeah. I guess like I don't know if there's a correct answer necessarily for that kind of thing. Like, for one reason, I would want to roll credits is because like the ending of a game is super important. In a lot of senses, like it can really bring things together or really ruin something, in my opinion. So that's why I like to see it, but. I don't know if like if you if you're like really hung up on Metacritic scores and stuff like that, it may, maybe it'll bother you more or something like that. Like a game that someone didn't finish getting this ten out of ten and being counted among you know these like scores, maybe people won't see them as a, as official or something like that. But I don't know. It doesn't personally bother me that much, but I I see the other side of it. It's yeah. a sticky wicket because like I don't disagree with you guys, but at the same time, obviously games are like a way bigger time ask than a movie, but mm-hmm. like. If a movie reviewer left with 30 minutes left of a movie, you'd be like, what? (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. It would be like, what? If a book reviewer stopped reading a book and then wrote a review and gave it a score, you'd be like, what? What are you doing? Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so are games not art? It goes back to that debate. And it's just like. My only argument against that is that games are, are like movies and books are like a purely a passive thing you're not actually yeah. interacting with it i guess like but you're it's not just playing to it. me it to me it undersells the importance of yeah. the art that the sure. team has made right yeah. like if and i guess it varies from game to game but like you know from software you know they care what they care about the end of their game mm-hmm. i mean that's true but not just not that's just a Brad's point that they're passive, mo- mostly passive. It's that they're they're strictly, almost entirely, purely narrative driven, whereas there are countless games that there have nothing to do with narrative in yeah. them, and like and don't even have a roll credits. Besides, like how do you define Fortnite's end? 
right well, exactly. game. Like, like how, how do you review a game like that then? Like, I, I understand. That's why, like, it comes down to, like, if you're playing a mostly narrative-driven game, like a Life is Strange... To me, it would seem a little bit weird if you didn't finish that narrative and you gave it like a like a, a great score praising the narrative without knowing its conclusion or something like a like a, a twelve minutes like you know if you, right. to me if you don't finish it, it's like well then something was wrong here and you didn't really like it so it's a, that's a red flag to me right whereas something like a Mario game like even a head story like I don't that that's not in any of the driving force if you played most of Super Mario Odyssey but you didn't see roll credits on it but like I can trust. You are qualified enough to say like you had a blast of a time. Like this is excellent design, excellent gameplay mechanics. Like from the game, the game perspective, it is exceptional. So it's I think, I think it, it's, it, there's no like rubric for all this. Like movies and books have where there's kind of like a standardized format that everyone can judge it by. Well, I think the rubric is is a word you just said. It's trust. Like mm. if you trust the reviewer that you're reading or listening to or watching a video from. And they say, I didn't finish it, but I'm very confident in this thing. And if you personally trust that person, then that's good enough, right? Like, Mm. if you don't trust a reviewer and they're like, yeah, I didn't bother finishing it, then you're like, okay, well, I don't trust you anyway. So I think that's the the rubric. That's the metric. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, Yeah, I think for me, like one of the things, you know, like any time that I have you know, in, in the past, the game trailers or whatever, like, put out those reviews where it's like, well, I, I didn't have time to finish it. I just needed to get it done, you know, because I was being told to get it done. Like, every one of those instances, like, I just have that sense of, of regret with, you mm-hmm. know? Sure, yeah. Um, and and people that are not reviewers just don't seem to get it. Like, why would you why would you write a review if you didn't finish it? Yeah. Um, and I had those conversations, and I, like, heard myself speaking, and I was like, uh, I sound like an idiot right now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally. But the length is definitely a big thing, and and, and yeah, there's definitely genres like fighting games, yeah, and, racing and, games like, and stuff to where like beating it doesn't even mean necessarily. Exactly. Anything. You could be a fighting game and right. you're transparent, like I don't play fighting games, so a lot of people are like right. I'm not don't care about your review. So mm-hmm. I mean, but, uh, to me, there's also like so many instances where like you take like an RPG or whatever, and it's like the silly meme of it's like oh it'll get good after the first ten hours. <laughs> You can't just play five hours of that game and know what the game yeah. is or like. like. Or like if, if rolling credits is the metric, like mm-hmm. Monster Hunter Rise, you get credits like after killing six yeah. monsters and you're like, what the <laughs> hell? What's happening Animal Crossing. Right now? Same yeah. like Animal Crossing. Yeah. You roll credits, but the, mo- the meat of the game is the after. The real game is after this the is, credits. Yeah. And I also want to point out the flip side of this. For We were talking about like good scores here. Uh, and, and full transparency, I did not roll credits on Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 when I right. reviewed that. But I didn't need to play that game till its end to know it was trash. It was like, exactly. You yeah. know a game is trash. Yeah. You play a game for like, I mean, I play it for more than 20 hours. But like you put in 15, 20 hours in a game and it's just sucking. It's like you can stop. Right. Like it doesn't matter how good the ending is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the best ending in the world. But all 50 hours leading up to are trash. That's a do not play the game. Go watch the ending on YouTube or Actually, something. One, one that I don't regret. Uh, I couldn't finish. I couldn't beat the last boss in Dewey's Adventure on the Wii. Dewey's Adventure, the, the, wow. The, trying to beat that thing with the motion controls oh, and everything. which is like, I just, just stop. Just stop. That was place. almost me on that Fable Connect game I had to review. <laughs> but you see, that's, yeah. a, but that's part of it, though. Because, like, okay, I didn't finish it, but I saw the last boss and, like, all these cute little mechanics. Like, once you put it into, like, this huge, super challenging boss fight, it's like, now it doesn't hold up. So, yeah. 
it's 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 definitely a tricky thing to deal with, and it and it, and but it goes back to the you know the problem of, you know, like no other medium is like polishing what they're doing until like five p.m. the night before. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw somebody say that like book reviewers sometimes get the books months in advance. I'm like, that's freaking sweet. Yeah, yeah that I mean, screener things of shows like it's a, just a different beast. And on top of that, yes, we get director's cuts, but generally updates to movies and books don't generally happen in the frequency or the scale that we get in games as well. Like a yeah. lot of games now are like living products that get updated over time. So the disc versions don't even. Resemble yeah. What so like you're reviewing it one. at this yeah. point. And it's like a year later, the game could be completely different. It's also kind of challenging to, you know, to juggle that now as well. Like how to we got that question. Was it last week about should you go back and update your scores? And it's like I was on the side of no, because like you look at a review as a point in time. Like, yeah. it's also historical. It lets you know at that point this game was this. If you want to update, you don't update that. You make something new to talk about the game in this year. Like, that was my Well, like, yeah. remember, uh, we skipped reviewing Chorus. Because you looked at the the, oh, gosh. the notes of, like, all the stuff it that was unfair. supposed to change. I was like, yeah. I, it was the first game I've encountered where they're like, you really can't review this until day of or night before when we do this day one patch live for you. And I'm like... So you did, uh, all this time I put in like doesn't count now because it could be vastly different and in terms of like the bugginess of experience. I'm like, I was like, I hate this. I'm like, I don't like. I never want to deal with this again. I'd rather wait until after launch. But we had other stuff, so I'm like, yeah, it's not going to fit in. So never had to really deal with that before. <laughs> like now, that's the reality we live in. Is that even getting a game early, they could just drop that on you out of the blue. Day one patch dropping today, and like, hopefully. You Play that part again if you have a way to play that part right. again to reevaluate it. It's like, oh, what? Make multiple saves. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's one of the, the the issues too is just that pressure of you know like all these outlets like they're trying to hit the reviews on embargo. You know, you actually were able to do it. You know, and like that is that it, that becomes more important to a lot of people than anything because they know yeah. like people are just going to go somewhere else if, if they, they review that it. up in time. Yeah, which I. I've totally pushed back on. Like, anytime somebody, like, gets onto us and says, you know, that our review is late or whatever, it's like, I actually see, you know, that there's, you know, it, it's not as high as when we hit embargo, but I, we get a lot of interest from people mm -hmm. to see our reviews, even if they're two weeks later, yeah. or, you know, sometimes we've had some that are, like, three or four weeks later, and they'll still game. do fairly well. And so I think that's something that, you know... Uh, like I don't have anyone specifically in mind, but like I I, I feel like there's it's a fear from outlets and, and editors and stuff to like we we have to get it out or else the eyeballs will just be gone. And I I think that if if people actually care about your reviews and trust your reviews, yeah, that like they'll still come around, um, but it just might not be as high of a number, yeah. yeah. Just might be the audience that just cares about the review score more. Yeah. Or well, th th that's the other thing that's bizarre to me about it, is because it's like, okay, I know the people that are looking at these reviews day one when the most traffic happens, are the people that are most likely going to buy it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, whether yeah. they oh. see the reviews or not, they're probably still going to buy it yeah. unless it's really like in a totally different direction and yeah. flat on its face. It's it, it, it's been around since the dawn of like gaming. It's just people seeking validation of their opinions. They want to see what the quote-unquote professionals, the people who you know they look up to, 
Oh, did you think this game is good too? Great. I I'm looking. I think it's going to be great too. Yay! I feel right. Like mm. I feel good in supporting this game. I mean, also as the toxic trickle down into like the old console war crap. Right. Every time there's a first party Sony review that goes up, it's like just as many people seeking validation as like they prefer Sony games and Sony platform seeing it get a high score to if it doesn't get above a nine or whatever, yeah. other everyone else validates like there's another Sony exclusive that's not as good. Like it's just yeah. well even you know like you know, Brad, like people so asking, weird. Like, Why did you that. give it a ten? What took <laughs> away the point <laughs> yeah. five? Like it's a nine point five, people. We've yeah. had 350 reviews. Only 16 of them have gotten 9.5. Yeah. It's, I was close to 10. It's but. hard to get there. It was even, yeah. yeah, it was even more absurd when we were more granular back in the day. When, right, like, right. You gave that game a 9.3 versus not 9.5, or you gave it a 9.8, not a perfect 10. It's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> Really? Are you going over point, decimal points, like 0.1, here? It's like, to be honest, like, how do you even, like, yeah, like there's a whole can of worms with that about quantifying, like yeah. wh- how you can be that specific. But yeah, well, the beauty is there's so many reviews you can look at nowadays. There's a ton, and like if you're unsure about a game, you can just you, how crazy you can just watch gameplay of the game like on demand essentially anytime you want, or someone someone streaming the full game, you can get an idea of the game. Yeah, so, but I think choices. like you're saying, like being open of like whether you finished it or not is important. Yeah, regardless. And then I I, I do think there's more room to you know, like, I mean, there's a strategy that, that we take on and that we use is like, okay, uh, if we can't hit this review, then let's at least put try to put something yeah, out Yeah, we were there. talking tell about that. Tell people about, you know, we'll, we'll do a video to tell people what we think so far and, you know, at, at least give them and that. Rev- yeah, review and progress or impressions thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes even if we, you know, if we can't do a full review, you know, it's like, here's what we think. We're not going to... Finish through the whole thing, but right. here's an, you know, an idea to give you a yes or no kind of recommendation. Yeah. I think the most important part that, sh- in my opinion, the most important thing that should come out of, like, why reviews even happen, this is, like, why I do them, what I, like, get excited about. and Maybe more so in the past is why I was so excited about reviews was, like, it's a part of a discussion. It's, like, the fa- like one of the phases of the discussion of this game and I always loved like seeing the discussions that came out of like looking at everyone's review and then people, you know, playing it themselves and then contributing to the discussion. It always felt like an ongoing process and it felt really good to be a part of that. And it always felt weird that like absolutes were tried always tried to be drawn out of that. Like, yes, I could see I understood why there was outrage over like infamous Gerstrom Twilight Princess review. Like, oh no, Nintendo fans get upset because they got an 8.8 or whatever. Right. And it's like, <laughs> that. that's like, yeah, I know why, but like at the same time, like that's so absurd. Like I, I never, like, I, like it was like this, that's the immature side of it. But again, like that's the satisfaction I get out of reviews is I, I like having a discussion about it. And as you said, Brad, there are so many ways to participate in that discussion now. If even if you don't like the old style of review, yeah, you just go watch a Twitch personality playing the game or you tune into a podcast or discussion where there multiple people have played it so you're getting multiple perspectives on the game and then like you're participating on whatever social media platform discussing the game with other friends and strangers like that's the fun part about it like is having that conversation and that discussion so I, my advice would be like people like yes I know why we have scores but like don't even focus so much on the score and like don't get so worked up about one person's opinion just like 
take it as something as part of the discourse and like bounce off of that to to share your own contribution to the discourse as well. It's time for bets. Whoa. Uh, this week's bet, uh, Gran Turismo 7 launches on Friday, March 4th. Uh, I already have uh, the review copy. That's about all I can say about that. Uh, and it has a used car dealership uh, that changes stock every day. Uh, how much, when I go in there next week, how much will the most expensive car be when I check the shop? Currently, there's a 2009 Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren going for 496,600 credits. Uh, Brad, what's your bet? 550,000. 550, all right. Damiani. Five fifty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, all right. Ride or die. Isla. Um, I edged you out. I did six hundred thousand. Six hundred k. Well, I've got the low then. That's three hundred ninety-seven thousand six hundred eighty-two. <laughs> I love that. Very specific. <laughs> Blood has some inside knowledge. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just from past bets that, like, yeah, so we don't hit the same exact number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, last week's bet uh, is the <laughs> Eve of Elden Ring. We're going to go through the top ten critic reviews on Open Critic. Oh, I lost this one. And find out how many times we'll see the, uh, any form of the word punish. Punishing, punishment, all of that. Damiani bet 50 times. Yep. <laughs> Ben bet 17 times. Uh, important to note that Sekiro had 15. Okay. Uh, One five. Yeah. Isla bet 12. Ah. And I was just in the middle there. Uh, I bet 13. The answer? Only seven times. Whoa. Isla wins. Ah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I don't think I used that word birthday. once. <laughs> I didn't look at yours. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying I, I don't think I did. But there are a lot of people that didn't use them at all, yeah. Couple that at twice. Uh, so that brings the scores to Massive Chubs to Splish <laughs> and Melodorous Sea Lions 3. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, Patreon is uh, how we are supported. That's how this podcast gets made. That's how these reviews get made. Uh, we, uh, we don't charge you at the door. Uh, but if uh, you come in and support us, uh, we can keep going, and uh, you get some some fun rewards at various levels. Uh, at the uh, one dollar uh, level, everyone uh, gets access to this podcast ad free. Uh, there's a special version there on Patreon for that, and a special RSS feed that goes along with it. Uh, you also get two extra bonus love and respect questions uh, every week, so keep an eye out on that. If you've just been on the public feed and you're a patron, you you get that bonus. As well. Uh, and then if you go up to the $5 tier, you get two days early access for the podcast. Uh, and you also get to submit to Love and Respect and the games and all that. And then the tip, tip, top of our uh, patron tiers right now is the shout out tier. Uh, and these folks get a shout out in many of our podcasts. So shout out to Caleb, Toby Crawford, El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Nick, and Raymond Wheeler the Third. Shout out. Shout out. All right, Isla, you get to promote any Easy Eyes video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped in your head right now. 
and you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Uh, our Patreon also has wonderful exclusives like Trash Babies Ooh. and Fast and Loose, which just came out today on my birthday. Um, check them out. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything we talked about, so <laughs> I don't remember if I disagreed with anything. I'm just excited to play Elden Ring. Uh, it's 5.30 right now, so that's in a couple hours. I can't wait. Best birthday present ever. Good night and good game. Elden Ring. The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Nick, Raymond Wheeler III, Edsger M. Hernandez, Stomps, Walker Hope, Will Schmuck, Alexander Zirianov, Ali Kat, Arvind Rajan, Beaten Down Brian, Bradley Spees, Discarded Digit, Douglas Chomich, Esdokal, Freya Lawson, Hayden Hargraves, Happy Gaming, Jay Shee, Jesper Popmel Dufay, Jesse Blue, Jose Gutierrez, Miguel Rivas, Nicholas Johnson, Paolo Costabel, Richard G. Flowers, Robert Stoffel, Roy Sung, Sage Mode Q, Sigma, S Snake 24, Chum Nguyen, Valmar, Aurelien Grenier, Blue, Brandon White, Brian Kruger, Dale Sun, Dave Red, Gary James, G. Levin, James Vitt, John Burns, Kroldemort, Leith, Luke Bennett, Mango, Marcel Markov, Mark J. Betters II, Matthew Holcomb, Matthew Pauling, Nathan Watkins, Oni Blackmage, Pete Shoemaker, Rob Bob Will, Robert Crouch, Sam Hendrick, Stepan Hakobian, Stephen Thomason, The Banana Forklift Killer, Tom Ironman, Rack, 44 Stars, Anish Door, Accounts Payable, Adam Henry, Alex Monaco, Alexander Irving, Andreas Risberg, Anthony Galvin, Barry Tomasini, Bjarnar Haraldsvik, Blake Bonsack, Breadroll Art, Brian Foster, Briscoe Davis, Brittany Fuller, Bunny Chen, C.S. Lewis, Katie Garza, Chase Caldwell, Candy Coated Thorns, Chief Uhu, Christian Semniak, Christian Hundorf, Christoph Fatui, Christopher Santis, Clay Roberts, Cody Westley, Corey Jackson, Culinary Stud, Cyberboa, Damnable Nook, Dan Sebring, Daniel Wong, David Wilson, David Boyarski, Delisi, DF, Dimitri Zetas, Don Turner, DRD7 of 14, Edison S. Prada Jr., Eric Maynard, Eric Tobias, Eric Gustafson, Espen Gotchman, Ethereal Ether, Faraz Rizvi, Fishflop, Forrest, Gabriel Aberg, Giant 49er Fan, Glenn Olson, Gustav Strombaum, Hadi Ali, Helen Y, Hitman 47, Hugo Aguilar, Isun Chor, Ian Anderson, Isaac Swanson, Ivan Sway, Jay Alliar, Jameson Lapine, Jana, JC3, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Jeremy Ferris, Jesse Fish, Jesse Wilkerson, Jethrin, Joe Frantic, Joey Din, John Gallagher, Jojo Denko, Jordan Phillips, Joshua Vanswall, Julius Garcia, Junior Motomura, Justin Payne, Carl Williams, Kevin Gillet, Leon Keyes, Lindsay Wells, Linson Wu, Liam Ahern, Luis Ibarra, Lion Crown 19, Malcolm Moshet, Manuel Thomas, Marcel Giru 017 Frolic, Marco Hernandez, Materia Addict, 
Matthias Clare, Matt Ferguson, Matt Karwaski, Matthew Holmes, Matthew T. Ryan, Mazrim Tame, Megadet, Megan McDonough, Michael Bisegli, Michael Clendenan, Michelle Nub, Miguel, Mikhail Aniel, Mike Hook One, Mikey Mizak Novak, Misuki 211, Mither Strongbeard, Mo Grant, Monica, Mr. Anarchy, Mr. Matati, Nefertiti Jenkins, Nevi Sun, Ulf himself, Orucachino, Pablo Rodriguez, Paul Sway, Philip Higdon, Quinn Riley, RF Switch, Rafa David, Reed Johnson, Ritz 1906, Roy Eschke, Russell Bateman, Ryan Anderson, Salvers, Sam Sorensen, Samuel Copeland, Sebastian Urban, Sebastian Trier, Shaz, Sneaky Gato, Splontot, Stefan Hines, Strikeout NZ, Super 3D Cow, TBeaks 15, Tense George, The Classiest Hobo, Tim Strothman, Thomas Blaze Fauchero, Tim Mann, Tim O'Keefe, TJ Sullivan, Toasty Soul, Travis Ng, Trevor Thomas, Tristan Howard, Trizac, Tuttle, V8 Dave, V Kira Ray, Volker Bach, Wavy Chula, Willow Pingree, Wouter DeHaze, ZK.